Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, the Knicks win 116 to 110. Jalen Brunson's return. Um, very exciting um, Saturday matinee game. Usually these games either can go one of two ways, a blowout where we get crushed or a blowout where we crush the opponent. Um, it has been more of the former as of late. Um, but the Knicks get the job done. Um, it looked like it was going to turn into one of those blowouts um, really early on in that um, third quarter where the Knicks were down, I, I believe, at least 13 by at least 13 points. 13. Um, and they made a, a rousing comeback. Um, shout out to Mitch. Shout out to RJ. Um, definitely helping us turn the tides of that game. Um, and I guess we can just start off with those two guys. I mean, Jalen Brunson, of course, is like going to be the story coming back. But I think Mitchell Robinson um, and R.J. Barrett definitely deserve their due flowers for this game. Um, Mitchell Robinson, someone that has struggled with this Jokic matchup time and time again in the past. Um, I mean, Jokic still got his numbers, but like Mitch definitely made him work for a lot of it. And like it wasn't easy. Jokic was not good today. Yeah. I don't care what numbers he put up. He was not good today. He had how many turnovers did he have? Did he have like, like five? Six. six? Yeah. And they were they were all live ball turnovers. This wasn't like, you know, he threw it out of bounds. They were all live ball turnovers. They all got us out in transition. Honestly, if we had not wasted like I think I feel like we wasted seven or eight transition possessions. Um, like if we cash in on those, this is not even a competitive game down the stretch, probably. Um but yeah, man, like Mitch, I mean, look, RJ was awesome. I actually it, it worked out. Um, I thought it was not a great decision to go away from him down the stretch of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked out all, all is well that ends well. Um, but RJ, RJ was great tonight uh, or today, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever time of the day it is. Um, he was very, very good. Uh, I thought I loved, I can't please just make a fucking wide open three at some point. That's all I ask. But the rest of it, man, he, he this was as good a game as he's played in a long time. Um, not in a long time, but it's as good as a game, a game he's, he's played all year, I should say. Uh, and he was, he, it was both ends. He was really good on defense. I thought today, uh, I thought his, and obviously the driving was great, but man, I, I think Mitch, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein were fucking monsters today. I, I thought they were the biggest reason the Knicks won this game. Um, and I just like, I think before the season or early in the season, one of my things was, I was like, I think we might have the best center rotation in the league that doesn't include a superstar, right? So you don't include like the Embiid stuff, Jokic, whatever. Uh, and I still say, I, I feel even more strongly about that now that Hartenstein is playing at this level. I mean, the level Hartenstein is playing at right now, you basically have two starting centers 48 minutes a night. And not just that, but like you saw the difference in what those guys bring to the table um, offensively today, right? Like like Hartenstein made that, that pass he had to Hart was absurd. They're, like, I know that Malone called the timeout and immediately just like, he fucking went off on uh, on Braun, I think, who got caught on that back cut. But that was not like, like it, it was just a great pass. There was not a huge window there. Um, but man, Hartenstein was great, and Mitch was. He took the. He's really struggled against. He and everybody struggles against Jokic, but he really struggles against these you know more skilled centers who are who are also strong. Um, Sabonis gave him work last week, and. He just stepped the fuck up today. I mean, that was as good a performance as I can remember from Mitch against any of these star centers. He was fucking great. Hartenstein was fucking great. Um, this team is really fun. And and the best part about this win to me is that the Knicks didn't shoot well from three. 
I didn't think I actually thought Brunson played a pretty bad game aside from that first quarter where he was just on fire. I hated how he played in the second quarter. I hated how he started the second half. I despised how he played the fourth quarter until the very, very end. Um, but like he didn't play that well. I thought Randall was kind of weird today. I, not even bad. He was just very weird today. Meh. Yeah, he was very mad today and quick missed a bunch of open threes. Uh and they still won the game. Like they still they put up 116 and they won the game. They held Denver underneath their average too. Like this team is really fucking good. And what are they? They're 32 and 17 now since since um we committed the the all-time sin of benching the great Cam Reddish. Um so since we did that, we've basically been I think that's a 53 win pace at this point. And since the heart trade, they're at like a 65 win pace. Um this team is really fucking good and it is why I there every day I see like 6,000 people talking about like, Oh, what if we trade for this? Stop fucking talking about trading for people. Like the trade deadline's over. The Knicks are fucking good. Enjoy, Enjoy fucking it. basketball. Enjoy the Knicks being a good team. Stop fucking crying and don't be weird. And, uh, you know, go on your fucking burner cause you protected your main account and, you know, quote tweet me and send random fucking slander at Emmanuel quickly and clip weird fucking random. Uh, oh, he struggles against DHL. Don't be a bald ass fucking loser, basically. Um, enjoy this basketball team and enjoy all the players on it because they're all helping us contribute. And like, if RJ Barrett plays like the way he did today, if he can find that consistency, this team is a fucking problem in the playoffs, man. And I'm telling you that report that Cleveland doesn't want to play. That report wasn't Cleveland wants to play the Nets. That report was it's Cleveland, Cleveland doesn't, doesn't want to play the Knicks. They don't, nobody wants to play the Knicks in the first round. Nobody wants to play this team in the first round. Yeah. I mean, what did ball losers do to you, man? Huh? Plenty. <laughs> Apparently. Everything going for the ball losers in your life? Like, geez. That was personal. <laughs> that, that came out of the place of hatred. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like him. Um, but you know, whatever. We don't need to. We don't need to talk. We don't need to spend our energy on hate right now. We should spend it on the love of basketball and this very fun Knicks team. Definitely, um, Jeff. How'd you feel about today's game? Yeah, I thought. I mean, Schwinn kind of nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he, that was uh, that was as good a, an opening as you're going to get. Um, I I, I would have added that I thought RJ even contributed on the defensive glass, which is like at this point, I think his biggest weakness, like sometimes he's just so invisible on the defensive glass. It really hurts the team. And he got a couple of huge rebounds today and he was just always engaged. Um, You just, it's, it's always just going to be so much about the process with him. And when you see him operating inside the arc early on, he had a possession where he got Jokic switched onto him and he was just like, oh, I have Jokic on me. I have to get a shot up. And he eventually settled for like this contested 10-footer that never had a chance. And those are the positions that just absolutely kill his efficiency. And then later in the game, he had like the same look and Grimes was wide open on a kickout and he just made the right read and Grimes got a wide open catch and shoot three off it. And you just like to see little progressions like that from him because they just make him so much more valuable as a player when he's making the right reads more of the time. And from that point on, I don't think there was a single shot he took inside the arc that I didn't think was a good shot. They were all like inside five feet. They were all with momentum towards the basket and with him in advantageous situations. And when there were kickouts available to him, he collapsed the defense he made those passes for the most part too. It was just a really, really good game from him. Um, I agreed with Schwinn about Mitch and Hartenstein. I would, 
you know, if I was nitpicking, I would, I would probably say that I would, that RJ was the number one reason we won this game. I just thought he was the best player for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't think it's wrong to say that 48 minutes of really, really good center production helped the team win the game. Like uh, they were huge. And Mitch was especially great in that second half. Um, He, I don't know what, he, he, like he, he must've had, they must've given him a Michael Jordan secret stuff or whatever. They, must no, have they, gave, a him a burner, they gave him a burner to vent and he just let it fly. <laughs> uh, can I, I just want to, before uh, you continue, cause keep going, Jeff, but uh, I want to just quote from Tom Thibodeau um, from, I, this is very fun to say uh, from very, uh, a friend of friend of the show, friend of the Strickland and a uh, very professional media member, Chris Percy Einan. Uh, this is from Tom Thibodeau. Uh, to me, it's not what he's doing different. When he attacks the basket, he does well. When he starts floating and fading away, he gets into trouble. It's simplicity and execution. Don't complicate this. That's it. That's everything for RJ. When he wants, like, he's never going to be tween as he got. He, and I don't, we don't need him to be. He should, not, he should stop trying to be because that's never going to be his thing. He should fucking look in the mirror. He's 6'6". He is fucking built like a brick shit house. Own that and, and just go with that because that is... Like that, that is his path to success. He, his path to success is not going to be, um, you know, being a ball don't stop disciple. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was great today. And, and yeah, like I feel the same way. Like if you told me you thought RJ Bear was the biggest one in this game, I'm not exactly going to like fight you on that. He, I thought he was excellent. But the last thing I just want to say, and I mean, I feel like the four of us just see the game so similarly. So, like, sometimes I feel bad, like I'm just parroting points, but I mean, Quickly and RJ were a combined one of 10 from three. Throw Randall in, they were two of 16. Two of 16 from three, if those three players were. Um, neither Brunson or Randall played particularly well. Uh, they were a combined 15 of 35 from the floor. And, like, the Knicks beat the best team in the West. Like, this is just a good basketball team. I don't think you can really get around that anymore. Like, this is just a really good basketball team. And... Tibbs is really, uh, I, I don't think he's like optimizing it, but he's really capitalizing on the team's versatility. I especially liked what he did in that first quarter. I I mean, look, as long as Josh Hart keeps doing what he's doing, you can't really like complain about it too much. I mean, 13, 8, and 5 with three steals, just another zero turnovers, just another ho-hum game for me. I, I, would, I would like to see a little more Grimes, though. I thought he earned it tonight. Yeah, like yeah. – Grimes can't just be like, oh, he's playing the first eight minutes and then he's done for the game because Josh Hart's just going to play the rest of the way. He essentially that plays is- the Alfred Payton role now. It's yeah, no, yeah, he, he's, 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 starter, he's starter Obi is what he is. <laughs> he, or, exists to, he exists to give Josh Hart just 16 minutes of rest every night. That's his purpose on the floor. <laughs> right. I just think the problem is like it's so hard to get him in the lineup because Josh Hart is literally playing out of his mind. So like... He he These is. These are great he problems. He absolutely is, and you he hit he hit one of the biggest shots of the game. And the funniest part about it is, it came a possession after he caught the ball in the corner wide open, and he refused to shoot. And when he met, nailed that shot off the quickly pass from above the break, it's like, dude, like there there would be zero problems, zero problems if he shot every time he was open because like. There's going to be gravity if you're a willing shooter and you can, he can settle in at like 35%. He's not going to shoot like he's shooting now forever, but like he can very clearly, in my opinion, settle in at like 35% on decent volume. That's a, that's a, that's good enough. But RJ and Hart 
if Josh Hart is going to be as passive as he's been for the most part from a three pointer, we're going to lose that in the long run. And if Josh Hart is just this staple closer, now all of a sudden you have like, whatever we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm just saying like that, even the Josh, like there's just, this team is just really good. And by the way, that's a good problem to have. Like uh, it was uh, Dallas who said it on Twitter today, like having too many good players, Okay, like, yeah, like, maybe Tibbs isn't always going to get it right. But first of all, no coach would always get it right. And second of all, like, yeah, it's pretty sweet that all of quickly RJ Hart and Grimes can play in these moments and not get played off the court. Like, when was the last time the Knicks had that? Had four wings for two spots who you could comfortably say, like, shit, maybe they should be in the game, like, in these huge atmospheres, playoff-like atmospheres. Like, that's crazy. That's That's just – that's such a good problem to have. And it's like, yeah, it's just, this team's really good. Yeah. Um, this team's really good. First of all, let me specify that we at the Strictly do not hate ball people. We love ball people <laughs> of all follicles. Um, Can we talk about this? I feel like there's a high degree of like bald people really in the Knicks universe that suck. Like Bondi is bald. He sucks. Um, we already talked about my good friend who decided to wake up this morning and cry that I don't accept my errors or something. Um, and I mean, who, who else is bald? I guess Tib- Tibbs is like close to bald, but he's, he's, he's bald, been he's good. Balding. Yeah, but he's been good. I feel like maybe he's using Rogaine. Maybe hair is coming back. Um, it's the beard. It could be. Yeah. It could be the beard. I, yeah. Like I also, what the fuck? Can, what is Bruce Brown doing with his handle? Like what's going on with that handlebar mustache of his? Are we sure that's like it's are the we Denver that? influence? I don't know, man. That that felt a little racist to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um that kind of pod. Um but yeah, like you guys said, you guys something to do it pretty well. Um Josh Hart needs to pull, but if he's gonna give you 13, 8, 5, 3 steals every night, then I'll live with a couple shots he passes up. Um just incredible efficiency from him. He only missed that. I think the last shot he missed, the one shot he missed was his last shot. So, uh, best center rotation in the league. I agree with Schwinn. Uh, not superstar, at least. Like, you have two arguably top 20 centers, and, like, I don't think another team has that. Unless you want to end up where, like, Giannis could, like, switch to the five in some instances. But I think, like, if you're talking about, like, pure center, um, I'd argue those guys are probably the two best um, in the league in that terms of return of rotation like that. I thought Star J. Barrett looked really good, and me saying Star J. Barrett should tell you how good he looked tonight. Whoa. Um, did, you, did you die a little bit inside just now? A little bit. <laughs> little bit. Um, that's so corny, by the way. I fucking hate that. Uh, yeah, we gotta... He's just... Everything about him is so, like, dripless. Like, his nickname, his fucking handle. His... He, has, he has the NBA game of a really angry accountant. He's just like, <laughs> like, angry accountant. Like, like it's fr- it's just as frustrating as an accountant, if we're being honest. But like, these are the games where you like you expect him to like um, shine in. Like, there's no rim protection really. Uh, they don't really have like the bodies who can stay in front of him. I, I mean, they have Aaron Gordon, but like, is Michael Porter Jr. It's I, De- Jamal Murray. Like, you should I thought be it was... able to. I thought Aaron Gordon actually just randomly. I thought he played really well, and I thought it was weird how like uninvolved he was down the stretch of the game. Welcome to Denver Nuggets basketball. Yeah, um, it was weird. It's just kind it's, of it's, it's hard for an Aaron Gordon type to get in, like he, all of his action came off of Jokic finding him on cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and like that's kind of a weird problem to have because like yeah, Jokic 
Jokic can kind of soak up crazy usage because his his possessions are so low leverage. Like it just sort of feels like he could do it forever and not get tired because he's just so like plotting. Um, and Aaron Gordon's a really good cutter off him. Uh, I, I also thought that Julius Randle kind of weirdly did a good job against him. Like like he forced him into some tough shots, and they. I don't know. Randall had a really weird game. I'd be curious to hear what you guys thought about uh, about him specifically defensively because <laughs> I thought I thought like when he was on the ball, he was really involved, and then sometimes you just like it just seemed like he had no interest at all, and I was just like, man, like he's just such a weird player to analyze. Sometimes. Well, it's Mitch came back, so now Randall's like he can chill. Like he's like, oh, good. Like Jericho's yeah. Jericho's not here anymore. All right, I can hang out on defense a little bit more. Let yeah. me get my let me get my empty calorie defensive rebounds. Focus on that. Um, it's look, it's it's what it is. He can't, like I, I thought. I mean, we talked about this that stretch when Mitch was out. I thought that was probably the best defensive stretch of his career. Um, if he wants to mail it in a little bit, it's annoying. But guess what? Like every star basically mails it in on defense a little bit. So um, I'll live with it. Especially like uh, the best thing about tonight was, I, I will say this: he had a little hissy fit at the end of the third quarter because he wanted the ball and quickly didn't give it to him and quickly took two bad shots. But I loved him taking those shots because he needs to tell, like Randall needs to fuck off sometimes. Like he needs to be told to fuck off. And that was quickly. It's, it's that thing we were talking about, like the last couple post games where like quickly needs to like take that initiative of like, all right, this is my time to get some buckets. Screw you. Like I'm good now. Yeah. It was, the, it was honestly but... just him being pet. He was just being petulant. You saw him like he's standing in the middle of the floor, like quickly yeah. has the ball at the top of the key. He's got his hand there. It's like, even if I want to get you the fucking ball, how am I doing it right now? How am I getting you the fucking ball in this position? He, he, he's got to cut that shit out. But like part of that is on quickly too. And I, again, I didn't think those shots were great by quickly at the same time. I'm not going to lie. I didn't care who took their shots. I did not want Randall getting the ball there because he was just being a fucking baby at the end of that quarter. Um, but, but, but Schwinn, Schwinn, wait, 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 let me just hop in real quick here. The evolution needs to be, there needs to be an, like, so those were bad shots, definitely, but they were bad shots because when Randall realized he wasn't getting the ball, he didn't move. And so quickly had this mismatch, like quickly was like, no, I have the mismatch. I'm going to go. And it's Randall's job to space, like to be smarter yeah. off the ball. And, and so, so what Randall staying in the middle of the floor did there is it only gave quickly lim- it gave him limited options as to where to operate and and what spots he could get to, and so it's really good that quickly is willing to like just be like no like I have the mismatch this is my I'm gonna go, but honestly it's kind of fruitless if Randall doesn't like evolve as a okay this isn't my possession I need to help my teammate in another way. But the frustrating thing for me was like I actually think Quick wanted to get him the ball. But what he was, because they were hunting Jamal Murray in the in the in the second half, they were hunting mm-hmm. him. Um, and quick Murray was on quick, so I think what he was trying to do is get Randall to fucking just set one of his bullshit screens, get the switch, and then post him. But because Randall wouldn't do it because he just wanted the ball, like it it just kind of like he was like fuck it, I'm just, I'll just go myself. Um, but like again, like I thought the best part about Randall's game though today was that like when he came in the fourth quarter, I mean he had an idiotic turnover at the end, but like. I thought he actually played like he was not forcing it. Um, and he, he played a really good fourth quarter to me. I thought he had a really good dig down on, um, on Jokic on a drive towards the end of the game where he kind of like swiped down. I think it, Jokic ended up missing the shot, but like, I, I thought again, like you, these guys aren't going to be perfect. Like, again, we talked about Brunson, right? Amazing first quarter. I didn't think he had a very good game overall, but like, if like, I don't need perfection, I just need you to like 
give me those stretches of good play. And I know that like over the course of an 82 game season, there are going to be like, he's going to have stretches where he is great. Right. Like we've seen those stretches already. It's when, it, when he's not going at that level, this is how, what I need. I, 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 we can't have you like crater, right? We need him to play. If, if this is his bad performance, we are fucking golden. We're, we're doing well. Everything is, is good. Like, like, like the, the lows can't be as long as they're not what the hell we saw last year, we are good. So um, I, I didn't like, I, I don't really have any interest in shitting on Randall today. I thought he played fine. It was not an exceptional game for him, but like, he's earned not having to be exceptional all the time. Like he's won us games, right. That we didn't deserve to win in, in, in some ways. So, um, you know, he didn't play great. Like this is why you have a great team. I mean, this is how, why you have the depth, right. This is why you have the team um, that you have. So um, like they can overcome Randall, not having a great game. They can overcome Brunson shitting himself for like 30 minutes of game time. They can overcome quickly having a bad shooting game. They can overcome a lot of things because, they have nine guys, 10 really deuced in play tonight that can help you win ball games um, consistently. And yeah, they, I, I can't say this was maybe one of their most impressive wins of the season because this wasn't some like out of body Brunson game or out of body Julius game. This was like, I, they've had a few of these recently where it's just, you look at the box score and it's like 10 here, 15 there, 20 there. Like they're getting contributions from everybody. And again, as we talked about Mitch and Hartenstein, were just fucking you know, I don't even care how many points they had. I think they might have like 12 points combined or something tonight. Um, they were, they were fucking great. I, I just can't say enough about how good they were. I, I thought they were 14 points combined. Yeah. 18 rebounds combined. Um, Mitch with the ten, three assists. Ten, 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 10 offensive rebounds combined. Man, Mitch had one. Mitch had one assist. Uh, the one-handed to Obi. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, and he made it in the air, right? Like he 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 went up yeah. off of an offensive rebound. That was just such a cool moment by him because, you know, like he had that social media moment, and like you can just tell sometimes he gets frustrated that he doesn't touch the ball more, mm-hmm. and like when he's not getting like his for his only assisted basket of the game was that last lob from Brunson. So like, or I think his only assisted field goal attempt of the game was that last lob from Brunson. And so like, if he's not going to get touches from teammates, his only path to, you know, scoring is off of those offensive rebounds. And like, so for him to just in that moment, grab the offensive rebound, see OB cutting and make a pass that like, you know, who even knew if he was capable of making that pass, that was just a really cool moment. And I'm glad that it sort of sparred him into the second half and or spurred him on excuse me um and he had just such a wonderful second half that was just that was so great from him yep um mitch gate was the dumbest controversy in Knicks land for the last three it wasn't even a controversy it was just like people looking for like unnecessary drama probably like people made people made it a controversy because you have people like chiming in and you have like everybody having their thoughts and people talk about oh read pat riley's books you know there were there were a lot of people like talking about like suggesting pat riley readings people (laughs) were talking about like we need to it's like we need to trade mitch and i'm like yeah like what are we doing here relax like it's it's like this again this is you can just see how thirsty there like there's always this weird group of knicks fans who like want to find something to be miserable about and then there's also like the national media is so they're so fucking ready for like some type of controversy and so it's like i'm like re- like guys if this is really the the thing like like the two controversies we've had this year okay these, these are what they are benching cam reddish 
and that's not a Mitch, controversy. And Mitch, uh, Mitch posting, you know, having emotions. He's, on, he's on venting on social media as if any Facial other person doesn't do that. Yeah, and it's fine. And like my thing was like, we I talked about this on our pod uh, on Friday with with Ace Ace Zulo. Um, by the way, if you're not, if you don't uh, follow him on Twitter, make sure you do that. Um, but like. It, this would be concerning if like, we know Mitch has done this before and we know that like this is just like one of his things. He's going to do this like two or three times a year and then he's going to probably delete the post uh, and then he will move on with like we'll all move on with our lives and it'll be fine. And like did it affect his effort today? No. Did it affect his you know commitment to the team or any of that shit? No. And it, it never has. So like the issues with him have always just been like consistency. Last year like he was not in shape for a long part of the season and he wasn't locked in I thought for a long part of the season. This year, I think even when he's had bad games, it's not a lack of focus. It's just, again, you have bad games. Guys have bad games. That's how it works. Um, he's been really good this year. He's been awesome. And, like, it feels great. Like, the one like the one guy I thought this year has struggled consistently is RJ. And he's kind of, like, he's been better since All-Star break for sure. Um, I would say he was even better for a, few, a couple games before that. But, like, since All-Star break, his effort his focus aside from whatever the fuck that first half was against the Clippers um, has been really good. And again, like you have nine guys who are just like all the shit we were talking about with Tibbs where it's like, Oh, I would have let Grimes play more this. Like it's hard because all these guys deserve minutes. So um, this is, it's a great, it's a great problem to have. And um, I can't say enough. Like, you know, the players deserve a ton of credit. Tibbs himself deserves a ton of credit because his growth over the last two months has been fucking exceptional like i guess the old dog can learn new tricks um and the front office like for now yeah for now we'll see the playoffs will we'll, we'll, playoffs are right around the corner the playoffs for for tibbs and randall will tell us a lot but for now from what we've seen you've got to be encouraged by by what they both of them have done this year um and i think the front office like again like i i'm pretty sure i did this on the pot earlier in the year but you go through last summer okay and look at every major decision they had Okay, bring back Randall. That was a win. That's a win right now. Bring back Tibbs. That, right now, that's a win. You got to give that to them. Um, trade whatever the fuck. Doing all this bullshit to get Jalen Brunson. Finagling. I I know that uh, people want to cry about Jalen Williams, who I love and who I would have wanted the Knicks to draft if they had stayed there. Jalen Brunson's very good, uh, and he's awesome. So I'm going to count that as a win for them. Uh, I think also um, not doing the Donovan Mitchell trade. That's a massive win. And the other one, the two other ones are extending Mitchell Robinson and extending RJ Barrett. I think right now extending Mitchell Robinson is definitely a win. Uh, extending RJ Barrett is still up in the air up a little bit. Yeah. Um, now I wouldn't say, I, I know there are people that are like, he's terrible. We need to get off his contract. No, we don't <laughs> we need to calm down. Um, but like it's, they, they've kind of like, they, they had a lot of big decisions last summer and, a lot of the decisions they made weren't popular. I killed them for not for bringing back both Randall and Tibbs. I thought that was a non-starter and I was wrong. Like they, they stuck to their guns and they've been paid off for it. So um, I, I don't know, man, like as a Knicks fan, if you're finding shit to be annoyed about because oh, I can't believe Mitchell Robinson said a thing on Snapchat. Like, I, I don't know, man, maybe you just don't actually like the Knicks. It's crazy to me. Um, Cause this is as good a team as they've had in forever. This is a really fun team. This is a really competitive team. And it's a young team that these guys are not anywhere near their ceilings, a lot of them, right? Like quickly, Barrett, Mitch, those Which three is a huge contrast to the last time we and had Grimes, a team of yeah. this. 
you got four guys in the rotation. Yeah, you got four guys in the rotation <clears> that are not even close to their primes. Um, in RJ Grimes, Quick, and Mitch. Like this is this is great. And and yeah, like I I just want to I'll finish off with this because I think this is a big thing. Um, Larry Israel and I t- totally agree with this. Thank God RJ earned the minutes he got tonight. Tibbs didn't give him those minutes. Hundred percent agree. Um, I thought he, he had to close with them today. He was that good, and he 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 delivered. He was very very good. The there was game. a moment where the fan base collectively was a little bit worried, I guess, on Twitter when he like took out um, he took out RJ initially. Um, I hmm. forgot who it was for. I think it was for it was Brunson. for Brunson. Yeah, it was for Brunson, right? And then Brunson came in and like shit himself for a couple possessions. And everybody was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, but then he took out quick. <clears throat> <clears throat> he took out quick who didn't have the best shooting night tonight. For RJ, and I thought that was the right move. Um, um, to your point, Schwinn. So yeah, he definitely earned those minutes because there there have been nights where RJ played a ton of minutes and he did not need to see like at least half of those minutes, especially earlier in the year when he was um, struggling a bunch. Um, but yeah, I agree with um, Larry Israel here. Go ahead, Jeff. I just want to say that uh, if I if I had to uh, pick a nit, I wish Tibbs would go defense for offense. What? I was, just saying, I was just saying nitpick, like we were picking it. I, no, I just dropped my phone. That's why I made that. Oh, face. okay. Um, <laughs> um, I wish Tibbs would go defense for offense more in those fine. Like we had two timeouts. Uh, we're up four with 40 seconds left. He, he could just put quickly or deuce or grimes in on that defensive possession for Brunson. And, you're saying? And, yeah. For Brunson. And like, there's no reason for Brunson to be out there. He better not be out there in playoff situations like that. Like, like, that would just. Well, what? Jeff, I got what? news for you. I got news for you. Brunson's I mean, going to be out there in playoff situations. So get so ready. That, that, okay. Well, th- that that leads me to a question I actually had for you, Schwinn, because you brought up an interesting point. You said, you know, Tibbs and Randall will see come playoff time. I think with when having the whole like playoff discussion, there need to be like tangible reasons as to why a player might be or a coach might be, you know, good. Um, uh, Larry, what are you talking about? That's not hindsight in it. They got to stop. So if anything, I'm not being results oriented at all. I that's it's terrible critique. Um, anyways, um, Larry versus <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> um, anyways, um, I feel like there needs to be like something tangible to like a reason that they're going to struggle in the playoffs. And I feel like with Tibbs, you know, like we've seen for 12 years, you know, like how his teams can peak sometimes in the regular season, but I don't really see it with Julius Randall. I, I don't like, even if Randall struggles this postseason, are we really going to do the whole, like, Oh, he just, he doesn't have it in the playoffs. Like hasn't Julius Randall kind of proven it that it, it like, so if he, if, if he goes in the playoffs and we get a Hawks Randall series, like I'm going to be like, it's, it's one of it can't be that I'm, bad because that was like bottom of the barrel before. Yeah, that right that would that to me like forget what he shot from the field like that like you can have bad shooting stretches. It, it was, was like just body language. Yeah, it he was, was like, just so he was so shook. Um, yeah, I knew the worst part with him was in that series to me was you could tell like somewhere during that second game when he was really struggling offensively, it started impacting his defense. Um, his defense is rebounding. He started mailing it in. He had a lot of pouty possessions where he missed a shot and then he slowly meander trudge his way back court. on yeah trudge back on defense like you can't have that um but like i mean with tibbs to me it's very basic like 
can you make adjustments in real time? We saw in that Hawk series, like there are just times where you need to explore different options and try shit. He didn't try anything in that series, right? The only time he tried Julius and Obi together at the four and five at the, like when they were down 25 in game, in game four of that series in Atlanta, like it was over. Uh, it was like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. So uh, to me, it's like Julius just has to not, he can't have a meltdown. Okay. Um, and then Tibbs has to be able to, okay. Um, they're trapping us. I'm going to put Hartenstein in instead of Mitch, or I'm going to put Randall at the free throw line. It's like, I'm going to have Randall set the screen instead of Mitch, instead of Mitch, like those kind of basic in-game adjustments. And to his credit, he has shown a better or at least a quicker ability to diagnose and make adjustments this year. Again, especially over the last two months, which makes me believe that like he is actually taking on input from assistants, the nerds on the staff, whatever the fuck it is, whoever the fuck it is. I don't care as long as he does it. Um, so that would be what I think tangibly um, that that's what it is. And I, I agree that I think this is kind of what yeah, I'm talking this, about. This is, this is a, this is a really good comment from Larry. And this is kind of what I was looking for. Like I, what I was basically asking is what would a Julius or what would a bad Julius performance look like where he gives you something where you're like, okay, I see why he's a good regular season player, but why he might struggle in the playoffs because nothing I'm seeing like in 2020, 2021, it was reasonable to say that his shooting wasn't sustainable. That was like just a reasonable criticism. But what he's doing right now, to me, he's not shooting lights out. I think he's playing in a style that is very sustainable. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, I need. Curious. I think. I think like some of the, the end game stuff, like with him, is still yes rough. And like we saw today, I did not. He made a very difficult shot um over gordon aaron gordon yeah. yeah that was not a good shot i did not love them like they were hunting murray to great success and then they decided to start they were trying to get a switch of murray onto randall they didn't get it two straight possessions randall made a crazy shot the first time down and the second time down was he got into the middle of the lane he gets he creates space he gets gordon up in the air then for some reason he doesn't take the shot then he tries to like go f- towards the rim he couldn't get anything there and then he get, jumps in the air and he throws that pass to nobody he thought somebody was over there um like those sequences are those are the type of sequences we can't see like we need there needs to be an understanding of like when he has a matchup i'm fine with that but like to me hunting aaron gordon is not a great matchup right so like if we're playing i mean cleveland's an interesting one because mobley is a really good defender but julius has fucking rocked him this year. Like, he's yeah, he's actually, like, he's like rail thin. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, that like, is it one where, okay, maybe they put Allen on Randall instead of Mobley. Can he not force the issue? I mean, I think, I think, he, I mean, we know he can, right? Like we've seen him have games and stretches where he plays selflessly. Um, but like, it can't be, we go into the playoffs and I think this is part of it where it's like, he can't feel the pre- like, Yes, he has to prove himself, and I understand that pressure and like that thinking. But like proving yourself needs to be, as as you know, Larry pointed out here, it needs to be being a good, smart team player. Not I have to prove myself right now. I have to like make this happen for the team. Like no, just play within yourself to some degree, and trust the team. Like trust your teammates. You know that like there are just times where you can trust the guys around you because again, this is a good team, and there are multiple guys that can contribute offensively, defensively, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, look, again, we, we've seen Julius have games like that game. I mean, they might've been the last time we played Cleveland where like, I thought he was a fucking monster and just absolutely destroyed both Allen and Mobley inside. He didn't get like a fucking call in that game, but he was just so strong going to the basket. He played like a goddamn fucking warrior. Um, so you just need that. I mean, and you know, avoid the weird mental breakdown stuff that we saw like that Clippers avoid that avoid getting very, very angry at your teammates and coaches. Um, so that Especially the laptop Bryant, guy. Yeah. Like, and yeah, yeah. Avoid the laptop guy. Uh, let's avoid having to have, you know, Johnny Bryan come be, uh, the, the voice in your ear to calm you. The down. black widow to his Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Sun's going down. Sun's going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. Before we venture into the rest of the comments, as we have been already getting into, let's get into the ad read. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. It's currently going on right now, Tennessee versus Duke. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Um, did I Last time I spoke about this, I, we spoke about the 12-5 matchups. A 12-5 upset almost happened yesterday with Miami. I don't want to talk about Miami. this fucking, this fucking <laughs> God, fuck. Did you Purdue. have Purdue winning? I had, no, I didn't have Purdue winning. I thought they were going to oh. lose to Memphis. Did you have Arizona winning? Yeah. So no, I had good. Alabama. I had Alabama winning. Oh, so you're good then. No, my problem was I put Purdue in like Oh. I put Purdue. I don't trust any team that relies Jeez. on like one single big man to like I'm doing a Mark Madness tourney for like at a pool in a pool at work and like I'm just losing points because people keep guessing. Like three people put like Farley and I was like, Are you kidding? Like uh, everybody who doesn't know how to play Marsh Madness always wins. So I I, I give up. I give up, dude. Terry's didn't you Terry's didn't you just say that you had Purdue losing to Memphis? Yeah, but then Memphis lost too. Yeah, but you're still gaining points on the field because most people had Purdue going further. So just by Purdue losing early, you're you're already winning. Even wow. even with Memphis losing, you're still you're still gaining points on the field. I don't feel so, like I'm winning, dude. <laughs> Fair I, don't, I don't feel like I'm winning. Oh, man. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Let's get into some comments. We have had quite a few rolling in. All right. Ace Bouchard starting us off. Hanstein is who folks think Jokic is. Yeah. Facts. The dishes that he was dishing out tonight, man. I don't know. Who's the real Uh, Jokic? By the the way, Schwinn brought up that pass that was awesome by Hanstein. Don't miss the quickly slip pass that set that up. Yeah, that that whole sequence was so – that was like – yeah, I I was like, this is – I was like, this is how you attack a trap. This is beautiful. Please do this more. Please do this all the time. Um, yeah, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Can, um, no, you're good. That's, that's I, I, anybody, I was... Can I put this up? <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> All right, we have reached this stage in our YouTube <laughs> lives where we got the bots coming in. Yeah, 
<laughs> we are making it, y'all. We got 50 of y'all in here. Hit that like button. Um, yeah, I, I just I think what got the Nuggets behind the eight ball on that possession was they didn't expect quickly to be able to fit that slip pass in. And so Hardenstein was just so in such an advantageous position that it kind of left them scrambling. Um, Hardenstein's following through on that with an even better pass was awesome. But yeah, that, uh, that original quickly slip pass from our backup point guard. Yes. He is a point guard folks. Um, we have two of them. It yeah, I actually really think nice. I, I know Hart's been averaging more assists than quickly. I actually think like I don't know. I'd have to really go back and look at it. Some of that is like he's just crazy in transition, but I also think um, he gets a lot of like swings off of quickly's initial action, and then because he's getting a bent defense, he can create from there. Um, this is not to take away from Hart. I just think like they have a really good, like they combine very well. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, what, what was that <laughs> when we played the Warriors? Do you remember? Who was it? Fucking Reggie Miller kept calling uh, Hartenstein Jokic. Jokic of the East. Yeah, he fucking Jokic he Jokic is the Hartenstein of the West. All right, um, but like I, he, I mean, I can't get over this because it's so crazy to me. Like, how long? Every single year, right? I think it's probably like the last four or five years. Every time, as soon as the the Sixers go out in the playoffs, what do you hear about? Oh my God, fucking backup centers, garbage, fucking back. They've cycled through like. DeAndre Jordan, fucking Drummond. Uh, who they've had some fucking they had remember they signed Horford. They signed fucking Horford at one point to try and like bulk up or whatever. Like it is so nice. I and mean, you look around the NBA, there's not that many teams that actually have 48 minutes of quality center play. Um, the Clippers literally don't have two centers. All right, I guess they do now because they signed uh the corpse of Plumley or whatever the fuck it is. Did do they have a they have a Plumley, right? Yeah, yeah, they have Mason. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it's it's such a nice luxury to have, and I, I I'm very very appreciative of it, especially that Hartenstein. Um, I don't like. It's so funny. Hartenstein had that really good game against Cleveland, right? And he was like, you know, I'm I I'm better than this. I got to play better than this. And like, mm-hmm. he like said that, and then since then he's just like, yes, I am better now. Everything is good. It's he's funny because like a lot of people like just laughed him off of that quote. They're like, "Yeah, all right, when I go like, sure, <laughs> sure, all right, yeah, no, you're but, better than this." The funny thing too is like, that's a very, I don't know, you guys probably, I mean, Tyrese watches a little bit of soccer, but that's like in European soccer, like they always like players always kind of comment on connection with the fans and stuff, and that comment was like a very European type of comment where he was like. He was talking about like I've I feel like I'm letting the city down. I think that's what he said. Um, I thought that was like a very, it was like a very like, aw, like that's that's so nice. <laughs> like you're thinking about us, but it is like I I think like I've talked about this a lot. Like I think it matters to have <laughs> players and just have a team that like there is some kind of like you feel an actual connection with these guys. And Hartenstein, look, he's already been here for however many games we played this season. I don't he hasn't missed a game this year, right? So him and Randall, the Iron Man on the team, um, but like. I, he feels like very much a part of the team. I remember when the heart trade first went down initially, like I think Jake Fisher was like hearing Hartenstein might be in the deal. And I was like, I don't think I would like that if Hartenstein was in the deal. Um, and, and he's just been really, really good now for two or three months. He like, yeah, he's has, he makes like two or three plays every game that I'm like, why, like, what the fuck are you doing? But He's been so good um, over extended to period time, and he deserves 
he deserves a lot of credit because he's not being used the way the Clippers used him. He's adjusted his game and he's actually gotten a lot better in terms of one boxing out and two, just getting contested rebounds. That was the most annoying fucking thing at the oh start of the year. Oh my gosh, yo, those rebounds that he just like let used to let like just, just slip past him like butter in the beginning of the year. And like now he's actually like corralling them. And it helps that we have Josh Hart on the floor that, you know, helps corral some of those misses too. Josh Hart's just like always on the ground. Like he's just always like fucking falling everywhere and shit. He had one, he had one with the uh, with fucking Murray at the end of the at the in the fourth quarter where he like Murray had inside position and somehow Hart drew a loose ball foul on that play. That was like insane. I also don't <laughs> Jamal Murray was like so lost too. He was just like, what I, the fuck? I don't think Josh Hart got elbowed by Christian Braun on that play. I think he sold that. Uh, he did. He sold did. it really well. I think he sold it very well. Got to get uh-huh. some type of reparations around here. <laughs> uh, do you it's, think it's uh, bigger than basketball? So I, this more of a broad picture thing, and we probably should get to more comments after this. But this is for mm-hmm. Tyrese, uh, you're more of a draft guy than any of us. Like, so let's. I was excited that the Mavericks won yesterday. By the way, I was like, good. That we need. We need to keep one pick at least in this draft. Yeah, I would rather have to pick. This. Yeah. Uh, do you think like? Would you draft somebody with the idea of, let's assume Obi leaves in the offseason, they move him, right? Because his contract situation. Would you draft somebody to like take that rotation spot? Or are you more like, let's just draft whoever and we can figure out how to fill that rotation spot with the mid level exception or whatever the fuck it is? Uh, I go back and forth on it, honestly. I feel like there, is a, there are arguments to like drafting Obi's replacement. Um, just cheap reduction for four years. But I also do kind of feel like this is probably our last chance to use the MLE before we become a tax team. Um, and I know we differ on that, but I do think this team's probably going to be a tax team fairly soon. So, like, I can understand the merit. Like, if you were to say, like, okay, Utah Watanabe is backing up Julius Randle next season, and then, like, I mean, look at the stats. Uh, like, you say, like, Utah is backing him backing up Julius he used like the 17th pick or like a Jordan Hawkins or whatever. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. And if you decided, okay, we like instead of like drafting, we like sign um we drafted like Julius back up and then we like drafted um let's say I don't know. It's either or I think either or is fine. I think what I would probably do is I would just probably draft the backup and then use the MLE on like a wing type, like a shooter. Um, give me like a shooter with decent size and like tell them, hey, for eleven million dollars for three years, like come play with the Knicks. That's kind of where I'm at. Isn't isn't there a merit to? Uh, obviously, you don't want to take like a guard, like you know, especially with Deuce on the team. But like, if they draft another wing, isn't there some merit to that? Because then it forces Tibbs' hand because he clearly likes going RJ with the bench unit. But if you have RJ and Hart, and then quickly. And, you know, another wing, it kind of moves Hart slash RJ to the wing, and it kind of forces his hand in that regard. I think it does. I think it does. But at the same time, um, I'm still a little bit hesitant to see if Tibbs is going to make those adjustments. Uh, Like, I do think Tibbs with a nightmare rotation is bringing out the best qualities in Tibbs because now he has to stagger and now he has to like play different lineup associations. Is he going to do that with a 10 man rotation? I'm not sure. Um, 
like I think a big thing for Tips is like if I'm going to treat every game like the playoffs, having a good player for rotation probably brings out the best in me. If he does go to a 10-man rotation, I do think Hart becomes the nominal backup three. And I do think that like there's room for like a shooter on the team. Um, like I said, a Jordan Hawkins. I feel like a Jordan Hawkins probably be like one of my higher end picks for this team. Just because like a sniper like that, we don't have it. Um, Grimes in theory is that, but Grimes in practice has not been that so far. And the ability to just have a guy like come off curls and like off movement and just like relocate for threes and stuff like that is an element I don't think the team has. Yeah, we should have kept Cam in the rotation over Grimes. I think Cam Redder should be <laughs> burned in the flames of Hades. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say something else. I probably can't see that on there. But um, <laughs> it was wor- it was worse than what you just said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like Jeff is the only person that doesn't say something insane in every close game. He is Jeff like is- the he like makes sure that we're balanced here. He like yeah. manages the equilibrium. <laughs> I did once say I did once say that I would die for Emmanuel quickly. So you know, quickly quickly brings out the that is the not right. insane that's, here that's, at that's the quick end. Yeah, that, is is quickly still getting a uh, plate at the dinner table at your house, Tyrese? He absolutely is. Quickly can lead family dinner. Um, <laughs> whenever he, whenever quickly has time, like I'll slip him to the Addy and he can just come through. Next time he's in San Antonio, <laughs> I swear we will take him out. We'll get him some good cuisine. We'll go to the Aztec Theater. It'll be fun. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that they have a lot of avenues to go with this draft, and I think the best thing about this draft is that there's so much versatility, especially later in the draft. But like, shooting, um, wing size, there's, like, developmental picks they can make. There's more upside picks they can make. And the fact that the pick is going to be around that 15 to 19 range makes it a lot more of a viable asset than I thought previously. Um, that's also a good, that was also a good, um, analysis for the Knicks front office to basically say, we think the last pick is going to be better than our pick. So we're going to trade our pick. Um, so yeah, I, I think there are a lot of avenues they can go with it. I'll be, I'll be very interested to see like the names that we hear, like go out for workouts and stuff, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just like took best shooter available regardless of like positional value and then like filled in their cracks with their MLE. Also, yes, this is the quick win. Yes, there's nothing insane about saying you'd die for Emmanuel quickly. Um, Walt Clark Frazier says, okay, I recant my recant. So Walt Clark Frazier has been going on a back and forth about the Nuggets, about this Nuggets-Knicks thing. Like if the Knicks beat the Nuggets, are they contenders or are they not? And when the Nuggets were struggling, he recanted his original statement of if the Knicks beat the Nuggets, they are contenders. But I guess today, the fashion in which we won, it makes him recant his Are the Nuggets contenders? No. Nobody in the West is a contender. I mean, by technicality, they are, but like not in the scenes. I straight up think the like probably the top five teams in the East are better than every team in the West. Um, my I'm kind of there. I'm kinda my thing there. with the Suns is their best player is Kevin Durant, so that automatically and he's made of paper mache. Yeah. yeah, well, it just Kevin Durant is not like uh, you know, he, he's got to prove himself to Shwini Poo. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't pass the Shwini Poo test. So take you know, away, he, take away Steph Curry and take away <laughs> the the um, the two pointer that's supposed to be a three pointer. Then what does he have left? Shout out to Colin Cowherd. <laughs> Colin Cowherd oh, is insane. 
that that was such an insane comment. I'm like, why are you so mad right now? Like, what, did Michael Jordan like? Did he take money from you? Did he's he, failed. Did... The, he's failed with the Thunder. He's yeah. failed with the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this is this is probably the most important. They're, you know, they've been doing all these fucking like segments, right? Of like, oh, who has the most at stake? And I'm like, how is it not Jokic and Durant? Like, that's it. Like, nobody else. People are like Kawhi. I'm like, dude, Kawhi. I don't think, I don't think Jokic cares. That's the thing. Yeah, that, but but he should with, care. The thing with Jokic is like, you could always say that ultimately speaking, he has two guys on max deals who aren't sniffing All Star status anytime soon for whatever reason. And you have like a third guy like Aaron Gordon, who's a nice player, but he's not supposed to be like a cock on a championship team. The problem with the Denver Nuggets is like they just don't have enough high end talent to compete with the rest of the. West and like a playoff setting. They like, need I'm a guy sorry. better than Murray. They need somebody between like the level of Murray and Jokic, right? Like exactly. Like if they had like Lillard, for example, Lillard, Jokic. I mean, defensive concerns aside, you could arguably be like, okay, that's like Ooh, layup line. Layup yeah, line. It'd, be a, it'd be a layup line, but they put a two hundred, you know. But like they don't have that type of player, and the problem is they've invested way too many resources into a guy like Murray and into a guy like MPJ because like they aren't going to give you value in those contracts. And they had no picks. So, like, it's just hard to build out of that. And I don't think Jamal Murray has value to a lot of teams because, like, he's not that kind of point guard where you're like, oh, this guy can, like, net me back two first-round picks because nobody's training for Jamal Murray. Like they, they fucked up not training for Harden. They should have rolled the dice on Harden. Yeah, I probably would. I thought they should have been a Harden team because Harden would have made a lot of sense for that team. And, yep. I mean, either way, like, he's going to be second-round exit because James Harden. But, like... <laughs> There are a lot of teams that just fucked up not rolling the dice on Harden. Like, I, like them and the Blazers are the two that I'm like. I, think they I don't. Up, I think they fucked up with the whole Drew Hall, like not going for Drew Holiday. I feel like yeah. Drew Holiday would have been great for that team. Yeah, I mean that that was a, that. I mean, I think there you a go. Few Jeff, teams Drew Holiday praise. Yeah. See. see yeah. You don't hate Drew Holiday here. Um, no, That's I think one time a, year, a, a, a couple of teams fucked up that, that Warriors game. He shouldn't. He, he shouldn't have tanked that Warriors game. That was, <laughs> he he, he, he threw the ball. Twenty seconds left. He just threw it away. What was he doing? I don't know. Maybe, all this stuff. maybe he had the uh, the yeah. spirit of uh, that fucking kid on Virginia in him or something. <laughs> that was the fucking crazy like thing. Clark. Yeah, man. Your senior just launches the ball into the air like looking, a dumbass. Looking like Andrea Bargnani out here. God. Uh, oh, no, by the way, did it. you see that close-up shot at the end of the game they had of like that group of women all wearing Jericho Sims jerseys? No, um, what the hell? I was a little worried. Sims. I was more worried. I was like a little bit worried about. Um, I was like, we need we need to move off this image so that Clyde doesn't say anything crazy. Here. <laughs> like, do you remember the, remember the fucking the, no? He didn't. But like, you know, I'll never forget the Randall thing. Mom, Randall's mom. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, get this man. Like, move on. No, no more. <laughs> when when you when you when you say something crazy, do you mean like Brent Musburger crazy? Like when he saw uh, AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Oh, I'm talking God. about like Jerry Lawler crazy. No, it was a, it was AJ oh, AJ McCarron's girlfriend. He also went crazy when you're uh, when Ohio State played Notre Dame about AJ yeah. Hawk's girlfriend because she was Brady Quinn's sister. Um, yeah, which was that was my username for a little while on uh, on a Michigan fan board. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know this again. I just. The Nuggets are just fucking. The West sucks. Honestly, the West is terrible. If we were in the West, we'd probably be the one seed or something. Like, I'd have. I mean, the the Suns. Yeah, sure. If Durant's healthy and all that, they're fine. But their depth is also fucking garbage now after that trade. I mean, I like, get it. You, their you wing depth is like what him, Josh Okogie, and like Terrence Ross and yeah, like, like, I'm still I'm bad. still not sold that Okogie 
is a good shooter. I like. I'm still not there yet. Let's get that mask off and see how he really shoots. <laughs> <laughs> He's been like absolutely nuts since he got yeah. the mask. He might on. rip Hamilton yet, so who knows? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I just want to sort of revert focus to the original comment back to the Knicks. Um, I think it's important that Knicks fans remember what Schwinn and Sam and Tyrese were saying at the beginning of the show about like the Knicks roster and the average age of their roster and where a lot of their players are. Like, I don't think it's wrong to have high hopes for the playoffs. I don't think it's wrong to believe that this team can beat most teams in a series, but it's important to remember that like, you know, there's a range of outcomes and it's very realistic that they just lose a hard fought series in the first round. And if that happens, that doesn't change the very positive things we're thinking about this roster right now, you know, like, and I know how fans react and I know how just reactionary we are in general. And obviously we never know what will happen. So there'll be appropriate criticisms that would be made if that outcome happens. But in a, general macro standpoint it's undeniable that this team is in a really good spot right now or this franchise is in a really good spot right now and i don't know i just don't really want the good vibes to go away i guess is where i'm where i'm going with that yeah i mean ultimately i think the way i look at the east is i feel like i think milwaukee and boston i still think boston gets their shit together but i'm a little bit i'm more worried about missoula than i am about their players um I, st- I think those two are the best teams in the East. I think they're like the upper echelon contenders. I know Philly's on a tear. I'm sorry. I don't trust Doc Rivers. I don't trust fucking James Harden. And B- I, like, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just and don't. B doesn't have to pass out of double teams. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Until MB can pass out of double teams and I have five turnovers a game a series, like, I don't care about Joel Embiid. And when he wins MVP and then chokes in the second round, I will be laughing very very hard yeah because but, but like I, I was gonna say like i think those two teams are definitely like to me they're the best teams in the league they're the best teams in the east they're like the n- number tier one contenders but like i think i think philly um i think cleveland and i think those are like the they're probably in the same tier as denver let's say like where it's like denver phoenix where you could conceivably see them win a t- title um and then I think the Knicks are like the, the Knicks might be in like their own tier or something. Like I, I feel like they're in their own weird, weird, funky vibes group. Yeah, it's like they're not a contender really, but you also like honestly, other than Milwaukee, I could see them beating any team in the East in one series. Like I really could. Um, I think they match. There. Yeah, I, I think they they match up really well with Boston um, because our front court absolutely destroys theirs. Um, and they can't guard. They can't guard quick guards. They can't do it. Like Brunson's killed them. Quickly's killed them. Quickly owns them. Quickly destroy their fan base. It's fucking great. Um, it's really really nice to have a player that Boston fans hate. It's especially great because it's I get very to hear refreshing. My, I get to hear my dad talk about like Quickly didn't respect the game uh, because he was prancing around their fucking you know their their parquet floor and dancing on Lucky. Um, but like. Yeah, I, I I think they match up well. Philly's a weird one where I don't love our matchups, but I'm like, I can see us beating them. Like, I don't think that's crazy. Um, and I think Cleveland to me is like, I, I fucking want to play Cleveland. Like, I I need like I really I need that series for a lot of reasons. Um, and I hopefully it's as long as, long as it's competitive. I don't. I mean, I'll be happy. But like, I just I think we're a really bad matchup for them, and they don't have pivots. Like their roster is kind of just their roster. They don't have a lot of depth, so they can't like they don't have the option to go small, right? Like they can't play five out. They can't do a lot of things that other teams, 
present that could challenge us um, because of like how Tibbs wants to operate. Like they don't have that ability. So I just think it's a really good matchup for us and it would be awesome to beat the Cavs for all the reasons that we all know. It is really weird. This is the second straight year. There's a team and I'm not equating these teams on a skill level. The Cavs are a tier multiple tiers above, but this is the second straight year. The Knicks have been handed a criticism that is just pure projection. Last year was the Bulls. Like people were, you know, oh, like the the Knicks should have signed DeRozan, and it's like, and oh, the Knicks are screwed. The Knicks are so handcuffed, and it's like the Knicks remain in a very flexible situation, and these other teams are the ones going all in. Like the pressure was all on the Bulls last year, and they, you know, they're the Bulls. They have nowhere to go. Like they're going to be stuck until they rebuild. That's the only they're they're screwed. Like they they have no. There's no maneuvering for them involving this core until Vucevic and uh, multiple of Vucevic, DeRozan, and Levine are gone. This core can't do anything. And the Cavs will see that Lonzo where they contract. What? Don't forget that Lonzo contract. Right, yeah. I mean, man, bummer for him. I love – I mean, I, I'm probably alone. I loved watching that guy play basketball, this yeah. new version of him. He, he, was, he, was, fun to, he was fun to play. I just didn't want him on my team. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I thought the injury stuff with him was like, I, look, there nobody. I definitely could don't. have foresaw this. I mean, maybe a medical, like maybe their medical staff could have. I think it's reasonable, but like, yeah, like we couldn't have, like average fan person, right? We couldn't have predicted this, but like he had missed so much time already that I was kind of like, I don't. I feel like there's a bigger risk here than people are pretending. Um, but he, I mean, he was a really fun player. He was kind of like weirdly had become like a Josh Hart, where he's just yeah. like a really awesome connector. Um, but he was shooting what like 40% from three, like he had developed into a sniper. So yeah, I mean, that sucks for them. But like, even with healthy Lonzo, like I just didn't get it. I'm like, okay, so you're good. Fun spunky six seed. Yeah. And you just, but you have, which is fine, but you have no ability to really like progress. Because they gave up everything for the spunky six seed. And and DeRozan's like, what he's 33 now. Booch is 32, 33. Like you're, investing heavily into guys that are going into their decline years and they're not even starting at like superstar level, right? You're, you're getting guys that are like, like Vooch was like a sub all-star level dude, basically like a nice, good starter. And DeRozan was like a, I don't want to talk about like DeRozan is just a guy that I've never, I think is completely overrated throughout his career. Um, great shot maker, but like, look, I know on off can be noisy, but if you're consistently like the teams are better with you off the floor, as was the case in Toronto for many years. Um, I don't know. I think it says something about you. Shout out to Zach Levine. Zach Levine carrying the torch now. Man. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I just, people are like, I feel like people are already preparing to laugh at the Knicks if they don't, beat the Cavs if they match up and it's like the Cavs better beat the Knicks if it, because they're they're all in like if they if they did all this and like yeah I, I don't want to say this is as good as they can be because obviously Garland and Mobley can progress like they're they're bang, they have that that that's uh, Schwinn raised a good point like the ages of the Bulls core was very important like this cat the reason the Cavs could go all in for Mitchell and are I still believe are in a great spot is because Allen Garland and Mobley are so young and that is their path forward. But like, this is their core going forward. There aren't, there aren't moves to be made. Like, so if they lose to a Knicks team that also has a young core and also still has not made the move, 
like ugh, that that would not be good so like the fact that like these third party fans and media they're like I just feel like they're all so pre giddy to like laugh at the Knicks. If the Knicks lose to the Cavs, like, Oh, see what, this is why you should have gotten Mitchell. And it's like, man, I feel like the focus should not be on the Knicks at all. And we should all just as Knicks fans ignore that noise and be like, yeah, this franchise is in a really good spot. And we are not locked in to, you know, this isn't our ceiling at all as a franchise. And it's already so good. Yeah. And I just want to say this, I know this kind of not, I mean, this isn't directly related, but I do think it's worth saying. The Knicks are 42 and 30. Um, Randall has played all 72 games. I think he le- he leads the league in total minutes. He's probably one of the top 10 guys in minutes per game. Though Tibbs has done, weirdly, done a very good job this year about managing kind of like average minutes per game for most guys. Um, anybody who doesn't include him on an all-NBA team is a joke. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not Randall's biggest fan. I'm still like a little worried about what we're going to see in the playoffs. I don't love his decision-making down the stretch. Blah, 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 blah. But like, the guy has been a fucking stud this year. Um, he deserved to be an all-star. He probably, like, you could probably make an argument for him winning most improved player again, which would be hilarious. Um, but, like, he is an all-NBA player. There are not, there are no fucking way, there's no fucking way there are six forwards better than him in the NBA this year. I'm not talking about, you yeah. know, are there six guys that you would want over him? At, like, maybe, but he has been one of the six best forwards in the NBA this year. There's no case for Anthony Davis over him, who pissed himself down the stretch yesterday. Um, Absolute brain farts. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, and he, it sucks because he's actually been playing fucking great. He was really good last night, too, before that. Um, he's been better it's than just, I'm, I'm sorry, Schwinn, Schwinn. I just have to say – Schwinn, can I just say one thing? I just have to yeah, hop yeah. in. It's just a total misunderstanding of what the All-NBA teams are because – we're reasonable Knicks fans. Nobody thinks that Julius Randle is like better than Anthony Davis. Like if you need one game tomorrow, all right, maybe Tyrese does. Sorry. I saw Tyrese look up. I don't mean that as Julius Randle shade. He's awesome. But Anthony Davis went healthy. No, like, but the thing is about your output over the 82 games that you play during the season. It's, you cannot argue that Anthony Davis has provided more production, better production, over the totality of the season. It's it, asinine. It, Anthony Davis hasn't. Laurie Markkinen hasn't. LeBron James hasn't. Kevin Durant hasn't. Kawhi the Laurie Markkinen thing is white privilege at its finest, by the Ka- way. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard hasn't. Paul George hasn't. None of these guys have outproduced what Julius Randle has done this year over the course of the season. Am I saying that he's better than all those guys? No, I'm not fucking insane. But, like, he's outproduced those guys this season. I'm sorry. Like, there's no fucking argument. Like, I, I think I'm not even joking when I say this. And I can't believe I'm saying this. This season, I think you can make a very fucking legitimate argument. I would. I, I don't think like it's a strong one. I don't think that he actually has had a better season. I think you can make the argument though that like he's been better than Jason Tatum this year. I really do think you can make that argument if you wanted to. Yeah, um, it was Tyrese's music. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I like I would trade if you told me like, you, like the, the Celtics would do Randall for Tatum. Like I would do that trade. Whoa, whoa, but like, whoa, but like he's. Whoa. I think you can make the argument that he has been, if not better, just as good. I, th- I think that's at least a reasonable argument to make, that he's been just as good as Jason Tatum as this year. Um, he's been fucking awesome. And again, like, if anybody... Like, if I gotta fucking see one more tweet the next time McCall fucking Bridges has 27 points and three rebounds and zero fucking assists, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, he's a budding you, star. Yeah, what is how, how did McCall Bridges get brought up? Because yeah, he needs his slander on this <laughs> Uh, he, he's a fucking loser. 
And uh fuck him. And if I gotta hear like this 27-year-old fucking guy, some budding superstar with all this untapped potential. Like I saw fucking I saw that Nick Wright thing. Like, he had listed the top 50 players. He had Mikal Bridges over Randall and Brunson. I'm like, are you on crack? Is crack like your thing? Like that's fine. <laughs> Is that uh, your but, thing? Yeah, I, I just I I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but like anybody's ballot who doesn't have <laughs> that doesn't have Julius Randall on it should they should actually have their like they, they should not be allowed to vote moving forward because if you don't think he's been one of the six best forwards in the NBA this year, I don't know what you're watching. You're not watching basketball. You're definitely not watching the Knicks. Um he's been that good. And like I thought, I, and I thought yeah it's just a weird bias that it, it's just a weird like application of well I know deep down that Julius Randle isn't as good at basketball as Anthony Davis that they don't apply to non Knicks. Okay, if that's the rule, why is Lowry Markkinen on your second team? You know Anthony Davis is better than Lowry Markkinen. How come with Julius Randle, it's about the totality of their career, but with Lowry Markkinen, because you don't have that anti-Nick bias in your head, it's, oh, he's having a special year, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's just stupid. It's just just a misunderstanding of what the award is, or Nick's bias, or both. And you've talked about this, and I, like, I want to bring this up also, like, I think people have used Brunson to put down Randall, and I totally fundamentally disagree with that. Like, I think, I first of all, I think they both help each other, which is what you want when you build a fucking basketball team. Um, second, like, I thought Brunson could, he could have had an all NBA case if he, you know, finished the season strong. He might still finish the season strong, but he's missed too many games, I think, in, in a loaded guard. Like, the guard conversation this year is crazy. There are so many guys that deserve to be all NBA. Um, but like, Randall's been the best player on the team. I'm sorry. Like, there's just, like, you can, do I want him <laughs> handling the rock at the end of games? Not especially. Uh, I still think, like, Brunson is the best player because of his ability at the end of games. But, like, over a 48-minute game consistently this year, Randall has been the best player on the team. And, again, has not missed a game, has played a shit ton of minutes, has clearly gotten back to that elite condition he was in in 2020, 2021, um, I can't say enough like about a guy who I hands up was like ready to run out of town last summer. He's been fucking great. And if you, again, if you don't have him on your all NBA ballot and you know, if I see one more fucking person, you know, list their all NBA ballot and have like Lori Markin and second team, like give me a fucking break, dude. That's White like privilege. That's privilege. racism. That's just racism. Um, yeah. but yeah, Randall has been better than him. He's been better than a lot of guys. He absolutely deserves it. I think personally he should be first team all NBA. Wow. All right. Um, I do want to get back to this comment right here. Um, do we run the table? Yes. Yes, time for the conversation. Yes. There I, mean, I think I think I think we have to just defer to Schwinn here. Like Schwinn has been nailing these predictions every single time. I've been dead wrong every single time. I think we only lose to Miami on the road. Honestly. Nope. Like if nope. I get if, if I get my honest thoughts, I really think that's the only think, thing that we lose. I don't like I think we lose Miami on the road. I think we lose is is Orlando? Is that a back to back? I feel like it is. Maybe. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I still, I think Orlando's in. I think they're close to mailing it in. I feel like they're pretty close. They were giving Phoenix problems the other day, but I mean, yeah, but they, they're at that point where it's like they're feisty, but they keep losing games. So at some point, if you're the front office, you're probably just like, all right, time to sit Paolo, right. time to sit Wendell. Yeah, time to let's, sit Markel, let's make, like, yeah, let's focus on our draft position here. Uh, I think we lose at Cleveland. No, um, no. and. 
those are the two that I definitely think we lose. Miami and Cleveland. Yeah, I can see. I think we'll probably drop one other random game in between. So like 49-33, 48-34, I think that's probably where we end up. I think they beat Cleveland and Miami. I right. I think because the fourth seed is still in play and Tips is going to coach that like it's a playoff game. Like possibly, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. If they if they beat Cleveland in Cleveland, I think they're getting the fourth seed. Yeah, so I'm saying that. I How think many games back are we? Two, two and a half. So two that's I mean that's that's a two game swing basically. If you win yep. Cleveland, so I mean look if they the other thing is even that game is going to be a battle. Yeah, if they win in Cleveland, forget four seed, five seed, whatever. Um, like there is a psychological edge there, like because we have beaten them with you know we beat them with fucking Jericho Sims our starting center, you know we like we've beaten them, in, we beat them the first day that we made a fucking rotation change. We didn't even have Josh Hart in either of those games either. Like we have beaten them in like non ideal conditions, and I think they've had, I think they had their main four guys in those last two games anyway. I think they had Garland in both. Mitchell in both, Allen in both, and Mobley in both. Um, the so the like, first game they didn't have Allen. I think the first game they didn't have yeah. Allen. But, but we lost that game, and that was when yeah. we, we were still playing Fournier and Rose. And no, I'm talking about the first game at the Garden that we won. Oh, okay. Allen didn't play that game. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Allen didn't play that game, but we did beat them with Allen, obviously, and we didn't have um, we didn't have Hart. Mitch or Hart in that, at that point. So like, there is and like, like Hartenstein wasn't at the level that he's at right now defensively. Like, well, that was his game though. That was the game where he was like, okay. I'm oh yeah, that's that the one where he stuffed like um, <laughs> he stuffed him a bunch of times. But, and the yeah. Donovan Mitchell talked about his groin hurting. Yo, that was so. I was like, for real, <laughs> dude. So yeah, cheap, like, dude. come on, man. I, think I get he, it. The white guy blocks me. I would run off too. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. He went ah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like he, he like lay on the floor in agony for like so long. Yeah, you like quickly run over there to check like, out you his like, got, friend. You get the wheelchair out and like start shitting your pants like Paul Pierce. Like, <laughs> no, I like I like that Pierce wanted to be like, no, no, I totally didn't shit my pants. I'm like, you're trying really hard right now. It's okay. <laughs> Everybody shit their pants at least once. But like, I do think you beat them in Cleveland. The fact that they get only to one win in the beginning of the season where you were starting Fournier and Cam Reddish, or like you were playing Cam Reddish, you were starting every Fournier. The team wasn't the team it is now, and it took you eight threes from Kevin Love and Donovan Mitchell a piece to be to win that game. And the fact, yep, and Dean Wade, like it basically took you having the best shooting night in your franchise's history in order to beat that team. And the team still had a double-digit lead in that fourth quarter. Like you have to feel very, very, especially Donovan Mitchell, because like the dude who stayed across from you gave you work last year. He gave you work last year. Um, and you know, the Knicks coming soon, electric glue, and you absolutely know, like, someone like RJ Bear is motivated as hell by that because, like, RJ Bear was supposed to be a jazz man if it worked out the way I think a lot of people wanted it to work out. So, like, a lot of people just say yourself, Tyrese, like, (laughs) right if you real subtle there, some some unnamed individuals uh would have liked that (sighs) trade to happen. <laughs> All right, man. Anyway, why are we separate art from artists, please? Um, yeah, I wanted it. Leave me alone. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just they, if you beat them in Cleveland, and I do think they beat them in Cleveland because, like, I just, I just don't, I don't like the Cavs bench. I think the Cavs bench is it's pathetic. The worst, it's the worst bench in the league, and I say that, and then Ricky Rubio is going to give us work, but like. <laughs> 
Oh, Ricky Rubio's gonna have that game he had last year at the Garden. It's gonna oh, piss me off. So I mean, okay, Karis Levert. That's really all they have. It's Karis Levert and Shetty Osmond, which I like Shetty, but not like that. So, I do think that the Knicks are still gunning for the fourth seed. I do think they treat these games like playoff intensity level games, and I do feel that ultimately speaking, like a team like Miami. I think if they realize they're probably going to be the seventh seed sooner rather than later, they might like start resting dudes. And I do, I think they may lose to Miami once, but like, I don't see them dropping two. I think they go three, one in that series. I just think the Knicks are better than them. And like, they really don't have an answer for like, they don't have an answer how, how to stop both Julius and Jalen. And I don't think they'll be able to figure that out. I quickly, soon. quickly, killed him in that game the first game we played him at the garden too like he killed him yeah. in the fourth quarter um it's a bad matchup for them and like actually this is that that's a matchup where we won't do it because tibbs is situational to him is not what situational is to a lot of other coaches but like that's a really good matchup for deuce like a really really good matchup for deuce he's like a problem for them because he's so like velcro on defense um but yeah man i, I just think like the interesting thing about that series too is the way it's going to be presented by like first take and like ESPN and all these national shows are going to be like, Oh, the Knicks got to like, they got to, you know, they got to prove why they didn't trade for now. I think all the pressure in that series is on, on the Cavs. I feel like the Knicks are in a house money situation. Um, not to say like, if they get destroyed in the series, I'm just going to be like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We had a good season. Like, no, I, the Knicks need to be competitive, but like it is a house money series for the Knicks. The Knicks were not supposed to be an automatic playoff team. And they're looking like it right now. Um, so, and Cleveland, let's not forget, like Cleveland is they traded for the so-called superstar and um, and they they did the thing and they have all this amazing young talent, Garland, Allen, Mobley, whatever. Um, but they're all in on this team. And it's like, OK, well, this, this, this is why uh, allegedly, right, the Knicks are a good team, but they don't have a superstar. Cleveland has a superstar. That's where it's supposed to make the difference. OK, let's find out. Because I, 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 I like I like that matchup for the Knicks a lot, a lot. Like I think, on paper. I, I think that is a bad matchup for Cleveland. I don't think they really. I I know that they're dreaming of playing mid Cal Bridges in the first round. Um, but can can, can I uh, can I get a little delusional here? Just just a tad. Go ahead. Delusion. We love delusion here in the right mm-hmm. ways. Pick pick a matchup. Pick a matchup for the Knicks and tell me a matchup that they can't throw. They don't have multiple options, m- multiple ways to attack it. I think the Sixers are like okay. The Bucks put the Bucks in their own little. Yeah, Giannis cabinet. is his own thing. Yeah, he's yeah. just like <laughs> playing and, football half the time like, now. Even, so. even even Embiid, the Knicks have forty eight minutes of. There, nobody can stop Embiid. But does any other team have forty eight minutes of? Can at least maybe potentially, I don't know, do something against Embiid the way the Knicks can. I think the Knicks I, did a good job in him the last game we played at the Garden. I feel like when they've beaten us this year, it's mostly because. Fucking what's his name? George Niang goes off from three in the fourth yeah, quarter. That was that was the game. Yeah. So that, like, the top, like, yeah. like the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, the, Grimes quickly. Like we, they're they not hate as, that matchup. They hate Grimes, that Grimes, Grimes owns Donovan Mitchell's soul, by the way. Like actually, fucking owns him. So it's like, I just don't see a series that the Knicks are just go into it and it's just like they're dead. Like no, like the Knicks are gonna the Knicks are gonna be a problem for any team they play. And I'm not saying they're going to win, but like they are finally just embracing and capitalizing on this depth and versatility. That's always been the path forward for this team. And 
they just have so many options they can throw at anybody. Um, I really, I really wish the Celtics could drop down to the four. I like that. I, I like the more I watch them, and the more like, I mean, look, I've gone back and had a had that religious experience of that double overtime game many times since then. Um, but like, I just think we're a bad matchup for them. Like, we really like that, them in Cleveland. We are a bad matchup for both those teams. In very like, it just it's not a good matchup for them. Julius is a fucking problem for like Boston had to revert to doubling him without Brunson on the floor in the last matchup when they single covered him the game before he fucking destroyed them. Like absolutely destroyed them. And his bad game, he wasn't even a bad game. He just turned it over a bunch. He had like 33 points in that game. In the double overtime. He played like he scored fucking great. Um, it, it's both those teams. I think especially like, I don't know. Philly is just a weird one where the Harden and bead combination. I just feel like they have, those two guys are tough covers for anybody, but I think they're yeah. tough, really tough covers for us. I don't love that matchup for us, but like Boston and Cleveland, I think, like, I'm sorry, like Jason Tatum, me, me and Tyrese were talking about this yesterday in our Discord. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, people were like, oh, what's like, what, something, what? they're not smart basketball players. Those guys they, are like not intelligent. They don't, they don't process the game. They don't like process. Like, yeah, Julius Randle processing. Yes, Jalen Brown just plays like YOLO ball. Like I, he doesn't process it. Jalen Brown plays like balls on stop. If he was like an actual NBA player, like the guy <laughs> would just like he's he can get buckets and he can score his ass off. But like if you're telling Jalen Brown, okay, you're having a bad game, we need you to like make decisions with the ball in your hands. He's gonna be like, uh, I should. Well, first of all, he can barely dribble, so like that's the mistake right there in telling him to that's- do that. I just kind of feel like the problem with the Celtics is like last year, they just kind of felt like a significantly higher processing team. And I felt like Yudoka, despite the fact he's Captain Nasty, like absolutely helped that team in terms of like their connective passing and in terms of like how they wanted to play defensively. Smart is washed. Smart is absolutely washed. Yeah. And I think that ankle injury really took a lot out of him. The, the yes. thing with Yudoka and like, some team like I think they really did need a coach that would just go in the locker room and be like, "You guys are a bunch of fucking pussies." <laughs> like I really think they needed that. Like like he they he got something out of that. Missoula was just like, "I, I love you, Jalen." Well, um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this. Like so that was insane. By the way, he told yeah. him that after he missed like the yeah. two free throws. What did you tell game? him? Like it's like, dude, it was a regular season game. Can you fucking relax? I love you. Um, I believe in you, Jalen. Yeah. No, but like no. So I'll say this as a. So I think they're actually very. I, I agree with you. I think they just they got hot at the perfect time last year. Bucks didn't have Middleton. Uh, the Heat were nowhere near their weight class. Neither of those series should have gone seven. They no, the play. Heat got injured. Like Kyle Lowry yeah. was injured and Hero and Hero was injured. Yeah, but like I'm saying, even without the injuries, like they, the the, the fact that that went seven games was crazy. Um, and I, I just think they they got hot at the right time. They peaked at the right time. Whatever you want to call it, they kind of remind me of the bills that I just watched this season, my Buffalo bills um, where like you lose to Kansas city the year before in the playoffs, you shouldn't have lost that game. Right. So you, you probably lost out on what I think I'll until they win a super bowl, which probably won't happen because they never will. Um, I'll like go to my grave thinking like, yep, that was the year. That was the time we should have done it. Um, but like, so you're, you're coming to the season, right? Everything's like super bowl favorite, super bowl favorite, super bowl favorite. Your offensive coordinator leave. Shout out Brian Dayball. I'm sure giants fans love him. Um, we, we do. Yeah, and so like he leaves, you hire this this new guy who's been coaching on your staff for a while, Ken Dorsey, and you start the season off, and it's like you're putting up 45 points, and you're fucking throwing bombs the entire game, and it's like we're this unstoppable machine, and like somewhere during the middle of the season, it's like, yeah, you're still getting 30 points a game, but it feels fucking like 
it's like all just like very hard and it's it's like you put up 14 in a quarter, you put 14 up on two drives and you do nothing for six drives and you put up 14 again in the last two drives. It's like, it's, it's just these hot and cold stretches every game. And so while like the metrics still look really good, if you're a fan and you're watching that team every night, you're like, this, something is off. This doesn't feel right. Uh, and you run out of gas. And like my, where I'm going with that with the Celtics is like, they shoot a lot of threes. And and like, remember, the, remember how they started the year? They were like, they had like eight 40% three-point shooters. They were shooting like 46% from three for the first month and a half or something. And it's like, oh my God, these guys are playing like fucking, you know, 22nd century basketball or something. This is crazy. They're so far ahead of everybody. And then it's like, oh yeah, actually, no, like this isn't a, because no team ever is going to be a 46% three-point shooting team. Like the three ball goes away and now you watch them play. And I'm like, okay, so you're, when your three ball doesn't work, what do you have? How do you get buckets? And it's like, they don't get anything in mid-range because they have like the most Mori ball shot chart now. The only guy that consistently gets rim pressure is Brogdon. You know, like they don't draw a shit ton of free throws. And to Tyrese's point, like, I think their passing is like, it's very, when they can get that drive and kick stuff going and they're in flow, the passing is fine. But when you get them into a half court game and slow it down and like make them execute stuff, it's not pretty. It's not very effective and it i feel like they depend a lot on just like oh jason tatum and jalen brown go be like gods great. yeah also yeah, they're big stuff compared to last year their bigs are significantly worse like yeah well, I mean, yeah, horford's Horford. aged and robert well, williams's yeah, I, body keeps breaking it, down well it's crazy because horford's shooting what like 45 percent from three for the year but like yeah but he you, looks right, slower right that, yeah that's what i'm saying like if you it doesn't like regardless of what, so what i'm hearing is that the food yeah if you watch him you're like no like the the fucking uh, he ran out of his Balco supply. Like he, he doesn't have the good the good PEDs anymore. Um, and yeah, Robert. If Robert Williams, is, yeah, he's got the bad ones. He's got the ones that Julius did last year. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, and yeah, if Rob Williams is cooked, like, I mean, even if forget if he's cooked, if he's not the guy he was before his injuries last year, that like freakish vertical pop guy who can. I mean, he he was a crazy switch defender for a big too. Like if he's not that type of defensive presence that type of rebounding presence um i just i don't love their top i just think it's a bad like i just i don't know I, they don't really scare me is probably the best way to put it like i look at jason tatum and i'm like nobody's scared of you man come on come on he's smoking lamps at the end of games of course no one's scared of him <laughs> it's like you pissed yourself when you saw steph curry <laughs> that's we, uh, we, we uh we had this comment up earlier and i just mm-hmm. want to say uh, i saw somebody uh tweet about the tweet about RJ before the game. And I think this is an important uh like discrepancy to point out. Like it's good that RJ is being so effective inside the arc and we want him to prioritize getting to the basket and like so this is a good comment in that regard. But I'm seeing a lot of people say that like oh he just should never shoot threes ever. Whoa. And I just I think it's important to point out that like he's going to have to make threes to be he he can't just only be a slasher on this team because with Brunson and Randall and Mitch in the lineup first of all the spacing isn't ideal but he's just not going to get enough touches so like I I don't know I just RJ needs to find his freaking shot like that's that's got it like he has to he shot 40% from 3-1 season I'm not saying he's a 40% three-point shooter but a like he's not this God bad than a shot right now <laughs> So this is the Tatum thing. 
<laughs> I got you tonight. <laughs> Shoot, eight of twenty-six. That was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, to to, to Jeff's point, I am I I have been one of those people that has been like RJ should not take as many threes. Like maybe take two or three, and then if they don't go in, then he's got to take the wide drive. open ones. He's right? got to take the open yeah. ones. That's my yeah. point. Like, so yes, he's got to like... take those. But like I like what Tib said about him today is exactly it's right. It's like yep. like there's a difference between he has to take. There's threes that you anybody like the like there's threes that heart passes up and I'm like, why like can you and Brunson had one today where he was wide open at the top of the key Hartenstein kicked that out to him and he pump faked and I'm like what what are we doing here you're a forty percent three point shooter get the fuck out of my face with this take the fucking shot um but like yeah RJ's got to take those threes but when he plays with force like he did today when he's driving to the hoop and he's got like you know and like Tyrese pointed this out obviously they don't have great rim protection which helps him out given his skill set but like. That, that he, he, that's what he has to tap into. That has to be the foundation of his game. The foundation of his game should never be like three point shooting off the dribble or anything like that. It's being a fu- just like go be Jimmy Butler. That's really like what his game needs to be. Just it be Jimmy be Butler. Inside, it should be inside out, not outside in. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's and see all, all I was pointing out is I, I don't even disagree with you, Sam, or other people that when he doesn't have it, shoot less. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, get like there was a I, I, I talk about it a lot. There was a possession against the Hawks. Uh, Schwinn talked about it on the post game that night. RJ was 0 for 6 from 3 that game. And he had a wide open corner 3. And he was like, fuck this. I'm going to the basket. And that was like, you know, that was that seemed like progress. So, yes, I 100% agree that like you feel it out. You don't have it. Shoot less. Be more aggressive. Like be more aggressive in the gets the basket way. I just think that. We don't want to just we don't want him to be like DeRozan or Butler in the sense of like just eliminate. Tyrese three. does. That was a joke. That was a joke. Uh huh. Just I eliminate do not entirely. Don't want DeRozan on my team, please. <laughs> oh man. Um. To Jordan Bob. Jordan Bob brings up this comment: New York Knicks finished the season two and against the number number one seed in the West. I repeat that. Knicks season sweep of the Nuggets. When was the last time the Knicks had a season sweep of the Denver Nuggets? I believe it was the 2017-18 season. I saw a comment um, or a tweet earlier that said something of that. That doesn't feel real. Um, I could be wrong, though. I feel like Jokic was playing at that point. So, like... And we haven't beaten beaten the Nuggets in Denver in forever. True. You'd have to probably have to go back to, like, since that Nuggets game 14 years ago, was it? So, yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Man, my brackets are looking nice. Tennessee in the final four. Let's fucking go. Get fucking Duke <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Get him. Like Duke get lost? Him. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> You're, how are you... How are so you bad at about this? this. This is like that's like literally the most racist thing you've ever. So since 2003, that was the last time the Knicks swept the season series of the Nuggets. Jesus, fucking hell! Tyrese wasn't even alive then. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. I know he was born '99. He's a '99 baby. Yep. Um. All right. Let's see what other comments we got here. All right. So William brings this up, I guess, to like when we were talking about Randall in the playoffs. He said Randall has much more help this year in the playoffs in 2021. He only passed the Bullock. Now the Knicks are loaded. So there is that. He definitely does have much more help this year. Um. We will see if he does rely on it much more. Um. And if he does make smarter decisions with those teammates. I lost so much money. 
Let's go. Let's fucking go. Short is rooting for poverty. Get a job, Tyrese. Get a job. I have one. That's the problem. He's using all his job money on it. This this team is really good. Like they he has options. And again, like they can't they couldn't have won. Like they've won a lot of basketball games this year. Randall doesn't have a great shooting night. They couldn't do that in 2020, 2021. Um, they just out efforted you and the defense is really good and blah blah. Like they they can like they didn't do their defense for about from when Jokic checked back in in the second quarter until like midway through the, the third, maybe like four four minutes into the third, was atrocious. Like they just were atrocious defensively. Given they could rim runs. Yeah, they, they couldn't layups. have gotten away with they they couldn't afford that that season. Like they can actually afford that against a team like Denver, who is really fucking good. They can afford to have a stretch like that and still win a basketball game. Like this team is Sheesh. it's got a lot of talent. Um, and you know, again, like I've I've talked about this before, but it's not a it's not a beautiful uh offensive system that we run, but it is an effective one. Uh and if you win the rebounding battle, you win the turnover battle, and you have a couple of guys who can make tough shots, that is a recipe to win a lot of basketball games. And it is a recipe that can maybe take you to the second round. Maybe in the right scenario, if things break right, conference finals. it can take you to an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we'll see. Probably All won't break right. right. Yeah, it probably won't break right because it seems like we even if we win the series, we would be destined to play against uh, the Milwaukee Giannis's. And I don't like that matchup for us or really anybody in the NBA, uh, uh, except for the fucking Pacers, apparently. Um, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, that was that was such a weird game. Um, but yeah, look, Randall, this is why, like, if he has a meltdown like that, it'll say a lot because he doesn't need to. Like, there's just so much talent around him guys that he can trust um ace bouchard also says both brunson and randall still need to recognize the double coming better teams in the playoffs are much more aggressive with doubling to take out the best guys and make others beat them um but and i think to our team's credit our others have done a really good job of stepping up i know the playoffs are like a whole different beast in terms of you know intensity you know if guys are ready for it and whatnot you know all the cliche bullshit um but i think most of our guys have like stepped up to the plate when they've needed to when the like when our main guys haven't really brought it like the others have brought it i think yeah and uh i thought schwinn made a really good point uh earlier on this post game when he talked about randall and it just really felt like it's a really difficult line to navigate in terms of just seeming inactive and also feeling out like when you don't have it and sort of getting out of the way but randall seemed to be on the positive side of that today in terms of like he wasn't just disengaged, but it was just like a other guys have it going. I'm not going to get in the way sort of thing. And it was as it was. I don't know. I, I, of course, you can be results oriented that way. And it's tough to decipher. But it just really felt like Randall was trying to figure out ways to help the team without like, except for that stretch that we talked about at the end of the third quarter without being too active. Um yeah, so that that was good, and that's promising for the playoffs because you don't want to always need just bonkers performances from Randall to have to win games. This team, as we've talked about, has a ton of depth and a ton of versatility. They have a, a number of ways they can win games, so you don't want to ever force just any just one way. 
By the way, the best part about the Knicks playing the early game on Saturday and then not playing until uh, Monday night is you get to get to like gloat and sh- and talk down to every other team this weekend for like two full days. It's fucking wonderful. I can't gloat. My bracket sucks. Nobody, just <laughs> pretend like you don't watch college basketball. He I actually, can't. I, He's like the Strickland's draft guy. That's like his, his I, thing. I, I'm so happy I stopped doing the draft stuff because I've been watching some of these tournament games. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how the I haven't fuck, even watched. I I don't know how the fuck people watch college basketball. Like it's I, bad. It's fucking awful. Like, I just prospect watch the game is and it's like the last five minutes. I yeah. like legitimately am like not tuned in. Yeah, like I you like get the, like, you, or like you, yeah, or like you get the like the crazy upset shit. Like that's awesome, right? That's the cool yeah. thing about college basketball. But even those, I'm like, I'll just watch the last seven minutes. I'm like, I don't need to see the first thirty three minutes of like, you know, fucking. 10 guys who can't figure out how to like break down a two, three zone. Like I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see that. I don't need we to watch see... the Knicks do it enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Like speaking of which we actually, we actually did pretty well against the zone today. Which we've I'm... been good against the zone now for a little while now. Like again, this is, this is the type of thing that Tibbs has like significantly improved on as season goes on. Um, what I would say is with the zones and traps, I think quickly handles that a lot better than Brunson does. Brunson is just like super talented as an individual scorer. So sometimes he can just like he always tries to split. He always tries to split the double. Always. Always tries to split it. Did you see what quickly did? Literally the first possession they go zone. He holds the ball at the top of the key yeah. and points Randall to go stand in the middle. Yeah. And then Randall gets the ball and immediately gets fouled and he goes to the free throw line. And the Nuggets were like, All right, well, enough of that. Like yeah. it was just it was just point guard work by Emmanuel Quickly. He literally just put the pieces into place and he was like, All right, this is what we're gonna do. And it just immediately worked. It was just. If I only we had drafted the the nut puncher in Memphis. So sad. <laughs> Desmond, man, just talk about that culture in, in Memphis, man. They over there punching why, camera guys and why, shit. Why does everybody hate Memphis? It's like pretty fucking easy, guys. Pretty <laughs> just, easy. Just watch them for a game yeah. or two. First of all, Dylan Brooks is on your team. Okay, like that's number one. Okay. <laughs> Second thing is you got John Morant out here. He's got the team on curfew because. Yeah, he, curfew. He, he's there on fucking curfew now. Like that report was crazy. It's like, oh, they they're gonna fly back the after the games in cities like Miami. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. That's I'm sure the rest of the team is fucking thrilled about that. Uh, and then you've got Desmond Bain joining the party now. What the hell was that? He's like, he fucking punched Kevin Love in the nuts for no reason. The same game, you got Dylan Brooks assaulting a cameraman. Like, what the fuck is going on down there, team man? Is like, insane. They need some Yeah, they you know they need they needed a, a leader of men like Tom Thibodeau on that sideline. Taylor Jenkins, he's losing the locker room. What's going on? <laughs> like you joke, but you're not fucking doing that for Tibbs. Like, yeah, no, that would never like like the nut punch thing. I could see Tibbs like kind of being like, all right, like that's knock like, it off. Like, I, I'm I'm cool with you being like a hard ass, but like you know, let's keep it above the belt. But the Dylan Brooks, <laughs> I, he would hate Dylan Brooks. I'm positive he would hate Dylan Brooks. Like, because he combines this, like... Colin Loring of the Strickland says that Dylan Brooks would be a Thibs guy, by the way. He said that, like, a I, couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't agree, because I think <laughs> his shot selection... The guy thinks he's, like, a star. Um, and he, he can't sucks. Shot selection with, like, Draymond Green level, like... Assaulting? Assaulting, yeah, there we go. <laughs> but, like, the, there's such a difference between Draymond and him. Like, like I that first of all, Draymond absolutely fucking eviscerated him. him that was amazing and then they treated they treated that game like it was their super bowl yeah like, and, and draymond's just out here like i've got four of these all right i got four you guys want a one playoff series so like who cares i, I the dynasty say, starts with 
after you was a bar. I was yeah. like, oh my god, like Dude, Draymond. He, that was like that was. I I put I I threw hit him up on after that. I was like. That was no Vaseline. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get no Vaseline on. It was you had to put all of them on. Ether. <laughs> Somebody Jeez. needs to like clip that, like that entire thing, and just have the ether beat in the background. <laughs> um, to Schwinn's credit, um, Nick State points out, um, last time Nick's played um the Cavs and Julius Randle was matched up on Mobley. This was his line. He had 36 on 52, 57, 86 splits in that game. On eight threes made. So yeah. they absolutely roasted Evan Mobley. Yeah, he killed Mobley. Not to mention, like, Evan Mobley having to guard Julius Randle over the stretch of, like, a prolonged series where Julius Randle is just doing this over and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I think we also have to consider the fact that, like, oh, Evan Mobley's, like, 22. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, like, they're all, yeah, like, Darius Garland is 23. Mobley's 22. Like, and now you're going to like a series where Josh Hart is like diving at your ankles and Julius Randle is like throwing his elbows around because he's upset about clipboards being um, misaligned. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kind of feel like this is like, you have to be very physical with these Knicks. And I don't know if Cleveland can match that physicality mainly because like, I don't think they have the size to do so. Like, I, just, I don't physical? think they're a physical team. Yeah. Like they're, they're not like a physical team, right? Like, like Mitchell's not like he's big, but he like for a guard, but he's not like gonna body you out there or something. Garland's not some physical dude. Okoro's just you know bench Okoro. pressing for the for the gram. Um, Mobley Mobley can't like he's just he's not physically developed yet. Allen's fine, but like he's not he's not gonna beat you up. You know what I mean? Like the Knicks are just between Randall and Hart. Like I, I would Mitch. after. Yeah, and just like yeah. playing these guys, Brunson, Brunson's a fucking physical ass guard, man. And he's then gonna got, absolutely like, cook the shit out of Donovan Mitchell again. Yeah, like, and it's just, I, I, I think teams must hate playing us because you probably feel that shit for like that. That lasts until the next game. You're like, oh my god, like Julius Randle just ran into my chest for like 48 minutes tonight. I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would be like I'm telling you, like you're gonna play high minutes against Julius Randle, who literally just wants to like drop his elbow. Like <laughs> he's gonna give him a one just to like, yeah, playoffs, bitch. And then like everybody's gonna be out with like a chest contusion. Like you he's know, doing the people's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I yeah, I I just feel really confident about that matchup and famous last words. If you can clip this if I'm wrong, but like I, I think that matchup might be over in like there's a world where that matchup's over in five. So that would be I mean, amazing. Ah, uh, I just Cleveland just doesn't have a bench, dude. Cleveland doesn't have a bench, and they have two guys who like I trust the score. Are are we the best road team in the NBA this year? Pretty sure we are the if, second or if, third best, I believe. Yeah, if not, we're second best. Like this is why, like I just don't care about whether we get home court or not. Like I think. We've proven I think that. starting on the road would actually do this team an advantage of not starting off in the garden. Because, yeah, like, you yeah. saw last year when those guys – not last year, but you saw the, that first year when they started off in the garden. Like, they looked kind of, like, shook. Okay. Yeah, Brandon said to himself, he's like, basically, they were so charged up that, like, by halftime, they were just done. So, like <laughs> – I mean, I, mean I, I think the Alec crowd – Alec Burks becomes your leading scorer, I mean, for the game. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that most of you guys were, were done. It, it also makes it even more of a house money series if you're on the road. Like, yeah. It's this is the better team. Yeah. Like if you take if you take a game at home and like all the pressure's on them, 
Like you take one of those first two, it's all all the pressure's on them. Definitely. Yep. And then like we don't have a good shirt. We don't have a good chant this year. You can't go like fuck Trey Young. You can't say fuck Donovan Mitchell. That's just too long. But like. <laughs> That it'll be like a very respectful competitive series. Like it's so funny watching our games against the Celtics because like they're pretty competitive games, like they're physical, whatever. But like I don't think anybody on either of those teams actually like hates each hates other. Hates each other. Yeah, there's like no actual animosity between those teams. There's doesn't seem to be much animosity between the Knicks and the Cavs. Like the Knicks are like I'm telling you, the Knicks are just the most. They're probably the most annoying team in the league to play because it's like you've got like you know like. Like, I talked about this with press, but it's like, like I'm imagine quickly is going to start shooting up the boards of like guys that other teams just fucking hate because he's like, yeah. he's yeah. just like you know he makes he's skipping around, yeah, he's, shit. Skipping around. he's like smiling, he's, like, he's laughing, he's, he's doing his like this thing that he does now, and, yeah, like he's, he's praising Jesus on the way back after he had to go floater. He's just like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> Why are you so holy? Yeah, but it's like the the Knicks are you know they're they're they kind of got like this weird Spurs like thing going on where it's like they play hard, they're physical, whatever, but they don't really like play dirty and they don't like talk. They don't like talk shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you got a bunch of guys like after the game where it's like running your mouth about how much better you are than the opponent or something like that. So it's just like a yeah, very like Memphis or anything. It's like a very that. like put together, like, you know, we're just, we, we, we play hard, you know, then we go, all of us go to guys that just bring their lunch pail. You know? Yeah, it yeah. is. But it's like, it's like all these guys, it's like, they just go to the fucking like practice facility after the game, shoot around. It's like, yeah. and then afterwards, very... like, do you want to get drinks? Like, you want to go? You want to go like to the bar? Like, yeah. quickly, it's like, hey, do you want to go like Bible study? You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you are, mean Bible are, study? Are, are any of y'all worried at all about how reliant we are on free throws? Just because f- fouls are called less in the playoffs, is that is that a concern of y'all's at all? I it, I think the way we get free throws is it's not. It's not grifting to me. Like I don't think we're a grifting team. I think we're, we're a team that relies on getting a lot of shots in the paint. Yeah. So yeah. like, so like Brunson, Randall, RJ. Like you saw tonight, RJ just like like was just going full steam ahead at the rim. So like you have to give those guys like fouls, and he, and so. he only got like like four four. Yeah, he four. didn't get that many free throws. Like yeah, I, I didn't think it didn't feel like tonight the Knicks were getting some like awesome whistle. I'm not saying like they got a bad whistle. I'm just saying it didn't. It wasn't like a game where I'm like, wow. Nice whistle. We're getting a lot of free throws that we don't deserve. I felt like yeah. most of the free throws we got were. I do worry about sometimes, you know, guys like Julius handling themselves when they don't get the whistle sometimes. Right. Um, Cause there are those moments where like, I saw like someone posted at the end of the first quarter, like he went up to the ref and like had an extended like conversation slash argument with the ref about like not getting enough like calls, I guess in the quarter or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing I would worry about. Tyrese will whisper in his ear. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like that gif of like Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. He's like, <laughs> listen, bro, they fucking hate you. It's okay. Just hit, just take the midi. Just take the midi. It's okay. Yeah. No. I, I, and one of my actually, one of my clothes, uh, you go, friend. No, I was gonna say actually, I thought in the fourth quarter today, Brunson needed to like stop. Like at one at some point, you gotta just accept they're not gonna call some of this shit and just move on. And like there were like three straight possessions where he was hell bent on like drawing a foul. And I'm just like, dude, I, I don't – you're getting fouled, but also I don't care. Like, can you just stop trying to draw a foul here and just do the Brunson thing, make the shots? That's good. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jokic in the fourth quarter today, four points, two of seven from the field, two turnovers, one assist. Fat. Hashtag not my MVP. The, the turnovers are 
Shout out to Mitch for turnovers. Um, yeah, Mitch, Mitch really – he was more disciplined than I've ever seen him against. He didn't bite on the pump fakes or nothing. Yeah, wasn't biting on the pump fakes. He just was with him the whole time, and that, like, you know – that was just it was really it was a really great performance by him on both ends. He, you know, was keeping possessions alive on the offensive glass and especially in the second half. He was he was just wonderful. It was it was awesome. Yogurt looked like Randall. <laughs> he and was I shook today. That, I, like, I think the Knicks really got to him. Yogurt would like go to that spin move and then they would just strip him over and over again. Like he looked legitimately like Randall. Like when he got into that that whole like that 10 feet and less area and like that high and like that mid post at the elbow, he just what they literally did was just go, all right, pump fake, and then he, they just whacked him, and then he lost the ball. Like, he just looked so mediocre, and it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I do think that maybe maybe Kendrick Perkins was a sleeper agent. I don't know. Because, like... <laughs> Come on, he's not the MVP. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just... I'm so sick and tired of all the, Like, if your argument for a guy being MVP is... You list a bunch of fucking random uh, alphabets put together, which are advanced stats, <laughs> and and tell me that he's number one in all of them. If that's your fucking argument for why he's the MVP, then you're a fucking clown. Like, I'm sorry, you're just a fucking clown. Like, when when have you? What name me a team? Okay, I want to know one team in the NBA. You give them it's a it's an expansion draft, so every fucking player in the league is on it. Tell me where Jokic gets picked. He's not going one. I promise you that he's not going one. No shot he's going one. Like, he's never been the best player in the league. He's literally never been the – and I get it. Like, yes, MVP is based on – Aren't you arguing the opposite of what you were arguing for Randall being on – No, but I'll I'll tell you what. I'll tell you – no, but this is the thing. We can pretend, like, MVP is – oh, it's just year by year and we should not – that's bullshit. It's bullshit. They literally disqualified Giannis, like, his third year because they're like, oh, well, he sucked against Miami in the playoffs the year before, and he's won two in a row – and it's like, what are we like? What are we talking about here? If we're gonna give Jokic three MVPs, then I don't want to hear anymore about how like it's okay that he sucks ass on defense. It's okay if he loses in the second round because Jamal Murray. No, get the fuck out of here. Like, he if he wins three straight MVPs, okay, he'll have more MVPs than Steph Curry, than Kobe Bryant, than Shaquille O'Neal, than Tim Duncan, than than Hakeem Olajuwon. I can go on and on and on. Like the standard has to be elevated. Like. He cannot be held like we can't do this thing where if you want to get on the third year MVP, that's fine. But then you gotta start holding him to that fucking standard. It can't be a fucking participation trophy for him every time he gets to the second round and gets his ass kicked because they run him, they run one five pick and roll, and his fat fucking ass can't get out of the paint. Like, give me a break with this shit. I'm so sick and tired of every argument for this guy. And like, oh, like the worst thing that's happened this year, this is the best one. Oh no, Jokic is actually good on defense. Are you fucking kidding me? Jokic is actually good on defense. He's actually good on defense. Why, why, why is, is he actually good on defense? Or is it that his backups are so fucking dog shit that it <laughs> elevates his defensive impact? Like, like, oh, yeah, you're, the defense is way better with him on the floor. No shit, dude. They got Thomas Bryan as his backup. This guy has less fucking vert in his, than I do. Like, give me a break, man. I, I'm so sick and tired of the Jokic thing. And I, I don't – look, to me, I've watched plenty of the NBA this year. I, I thought – I, I didn't have a problem with him winning it last year. I thought Embiid should have won it last year. And I thought what happened is they traded for Harden, and then magically it became like, oh, well, he has Harden, so he has all this help, and Jokic doesn't have help, which is a garbage argument to me. But, like, I didn't have a problem with Jokic winning it last year, but I thought Embiid deserved it. I definitely think Jokic deserved it the year before. Um, but, like, 
this year, I'm like, I'm sorry, the West fucking sucks. That has to be part of the conversation too. The West is garbage, and they just have gone on. What are they? They've lost like five of their last six, four of the last five. What are the fucking five of the last four, six? Five of the last six. Yeah, and and like this East Coast trip. Let me tell you, it might get ugly for them on this East Coast trip because the East. Do is they play great. next? They play Brooklyn yes. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and like the East is just better than everybody they play in the West. Um, and like to me, you look at what Giannis does on both ends of the floor. And Middleton has Middleton basically like wasn't Middleton until the last three Couple weeks. weeks. Like he, he was not Middleton. And yeah, I know that obviously they have great, like, don't get me wrong. They have, they have a really good team, but like Giannis is the thing that makes them what they are, right? Like that's why they are what they are. And I think Embiid has been awesome this year. Like I, I'm with Tyrese. Like I don't trust him in the fucking playoffs, but like, regular season award if we're going to say that's a regular season award and that's why we're giving it to Jokic, like i don't get how you're not watching Embiid, especially these last two months he's been a fucking tear um like his two-way impact is as as high as anybody's and you can throw out all these oh his defensive lebron like oh Jokic's drpm is defensive lebron and fucking epm and all this fucking bullshit like you're never going to convince me that his defense isn't a detriment and that it's in any way comparable to a guy like Giannis or a guy like Embiid. Like, those guys don't get fucking hunted down the stretch of games. I have seen, I saw Jokic literally get benched at the end of a playoff game last year against Golden State because Steph Curry was torching him the entire fourth quarter. The entire fourth quarter. That will never happen to Giannis. That will never happen to Embiid. That happens to Jokic in the regular season. They don't bench him because it's the regular season. Who gives a fuck? Um, you don't. You don't think that. You don't think that if the Warriors played the Sixers, they would just go small and have Steph run it. I, I agree. I'm. I'm not comparing them as defenders. I know. Is yeah. Clearly, way better than Jokic. But I am a hundred percent sure that if the Sixers ever played the Warriors, I, every possession would be a one-five pick and roll and Embiid. And I'm. And I think. I think Embiid. Embiid is gonna put up a way better fight than Jokic. for sure absolutely i, I like that, that's, what, that's, that's what i'm saying like like i don't think you would see an entire quarter of just because steve kerr like the most like principled like I, we have to play fucking ubuntu ball and everybody's got to touch the ball and pass it around seven thousand <laughs> times like he's not gonna abandon that for an entire quarter like i watched him do to hunt Jokic. like yeah that was that was him just being like fuck it let me get in my tibs bag like he was just <laughs> like one five pick and roll baby let's just go the entire way and i'm I'm sorry, like that. All this stuff, like when like, we can't. Um, I think I'll say this. I think Kendrick Perkins said it the wrong way, but people that are As acting he does like all the time, yeah, he, he definitely did not word it properly. But if you don't think like race is part of that conversation, and why all of a sudden now magically we have understood that this is a regular season award and playoff performance from years before it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter that. Um, you know, like that we shouldn't count it against Jokic that he's won two in a row. It shouldn't be a narrative base. Like if you want to, like it's it's very convenient that now that Jokic is deservingly a candidate, that now we're able to come to this realization and become better voters. But when Giannis was in that position, no, no, we can't give it to Giannis. He won two in a row. Just can't do it. Can't do it. But Michael didn't you Jordan, just said, you just said five minutes ago that you thought that Jokic deserved the award the year Giannis was going for three in a row. He, I, I agree, did, but. You don't disqualify Giannis entirely. Oh yeah, a lot of the media they were just like, like, "Hey, I don't know." This is where this is where it's frustrating for me because I was pushing back against the all these stupid arguments against Giannis in 2020, 2021. So like, I know I know a good dude. Like all the all the Jokic people, but like 
I just feel like so many, like a lot of the arguments you were making, like, oh, like Jokic isn't high enough on the all-time pedestal to win three in a row. Like you're like the Nick Wright argument, like, oh, it's only him and Larry Bird who have won three in a row where we shouldn't do that. Like these are all arguments that don't have anything to do with who is the most valuable player in this season. I think to me, like then what we're saying, if you, if he wins three in a row, what we're basically saying is like, he's a top 15 player all the time and and his top talent level, whatever performance, however you want to put it, it, it might be there. It probably is there, but like, he doesn't have the accolades that you need to be in that conversation. And like, I just find it for me, it's frustrating because it's like, Wait, wait. We had we got voter fatigue with Michael fucking Jordan. We got voter fatigue with LeBron fucking James. We got voter fatigue with Giannis. Like we got voter fatigue with Steph. We got voter fatigue with all these guys. What's the difference? Right. There's there's one thing I can think of. It's quite (laughs) interesting. Uh, like and and the funniest thing. Who was the last fucking guy to win three straight MVPs? Larry Bird. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like if you, the people that want to deny that is part of the conversation, like I mean, it's always part of the conversation yeah, with anything America, in this country. This is America. Yeah, like, it's always going to be part of the conversation. Race is part of the conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like if you if you don't think that's part of it, and like if you're not comfortable talking about that, that's cool. But don't tell me it's not part of it. Like don't deny that that's part of it. It's a hundred percent part of it. And that is why Hartenstein is the best center in New York. Yeah, Jokic of the East, baby. <laughs> we still got I the just, Tinder chat. I, I just think I just think that that part of it, the if we, to me, me saying, and I actually I'm starting to, with how Embiid every game Embiid plays like this, yeah, and every game the Nuggets lose, it's like yeah, there's the that's an important tipping. part of the discussion. Is like there's still 12 games left, like, right. and it's close enough where Embiid or Jokic can swing it back, or does the Embiid, voting the voting gets Embiid done right after the regular it, season? What's that? Does the voting yes. happen right at the end? Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, I, I actually have Embiid ahead of Jokic right now anyway, so I'm not even really pushing back against M- Embiid should be the MVP. But when you say, like, oh, like, if we if he wins MVP, we're saying he's a top 15 player of all time. To me, giving Jokic MVP this season, all it's saying is that he was the MVP this season. And maybe that's wrong of me to isolate each season so independently and not think of the macro, but – to me, that's all the MVP should ever be. It's Renault. That's right of you. That's exactly that's what it's the should right be. mindset to have. But, but like that's but not how it know. hasn't worked like that historically. So why all of a sudden is it magically that Jokic is an MVP candidate that it works like this now? Like I, I don't know, a, but should we really dissuade them from evolving? Like just because it happens yes. to be, we, yes, we, should we should dissuade them. From we should because improving? because I'm sorry. Like you don't get to magically have this come to Jesus moment. Once the great white hope is a legitimate, so then we MVP should candidate. we shouldn't have argued that Malcolm Bro- that Malcolm Brogdon isn't sixth man of the year. It's no, not fair not to all of a sudden we should. It's, it's not fair for them to start actually correctly giving sixth man of the year to the actual sixth man of the year because historically it's just been a points per game title. It hasn't like, actually. No, that's actually been like more of a trend in the last ten years. <laughs> but before that, like six man, there've been six man of the years that were like not high right. PPG guys. Like, mom, so like. Mom. So it's like MVP has always been a thing where it's like there is always voter fatigue. Like, again, Michael Jordan did not win three. They gave fucking Carl Malone, the pedophile, two MVPs because they just got sick of giving it to Michael Jordan. Like, LeBron James has never won three MVPs in a row. And I would argue he was probably the best player in the league from, like, I don't know, 2009 to 2015, 16, 17, pick a fucking year if you want. Like, 
these guys didn't get three in a row. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's never worked this way. Oh, no, it did work this way once when Larry Bird was an MVP candidate, magically. Like, you know, when Magic Johnson was in the league, when Michael Jordan was in the league, when Isaiah Thomas was in the league, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the league. Like, like, I'm just saying, like... Get the fuck out of here with that. God, it's, I hate it. It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous to me that, like, magically now everybody understands what the award is supposed to measure. Um, yeah. But whatever. I don't think it, people tuned in to listen to us discuss Shout out to Tinder chat that's still in the chat, by the way. <laughs> I don't think anybody tuned in to listen to Yeah, anybody. Tinder! Woo! Race right. the MVP conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll end here, though, as this fi- that this finalizes the MVP conversation as well as brings up the Garden, a place that's special to all our hearts. Um, JL says, having a signature game at the Garden is a requirement to win MVP, I'm afraid. Even Tim Hardaway had a special game at the Garden this year. <laughs> Jokic can't say the same. By the way, to uh, to Schwinn's point about East and West, I don't know if y'all saw, but the uh, Magic just beat the Clippers in LA. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, I don't think Kawhi played, but it was still like they came back. It was an impressive one. Yeah, but Jalen Suggs didn't play too, so they were both missing important players. <laughs> <laughs> Suggs has been Suggs' defense has been ridiculous this year. By the way, so good. I'm I'm a big. He's like I'm a big fan. Yeah, a lot of people have him on like their all defensive. Um, yeah. Like ballots i guess the problem is he won't get he won't make it because he's not good enough at offense that's the secret behind the all defensive teams you got to be like good enough on offense that they give you the credit for it (laughs) or either you either have to have like good enough offense or just there's those feel like tony allen or be tony allen that everyone just everyone's just decided you're this great defender who will always be be on all defensive teams Yeah. yeah all right I think we'll end here. Um, we have talked about a litany of issues and, you know, other Knicks-related things as well. Um, shout out to 54 people that are here. Make sure y'all leave a like. Make sure y'all subscribe. Um, we are on our way to 1K sub, so all that you do definitely helps us out. Knicks will be back on our screens on Monday versus the Timberwolves. Hopefully they can get another win, pushing us that much closer to 50 and pushing us that much closer to a four seed, hopefully. Um yeah, we got everything stricken related in the description. We got links to the site, merch. We got new merch. Make sure y'all go get it. It's comfortable, and it it's 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 it looks great. So like, get it. Like, go to the link now. Um, check out the links to the Twitter as well as the Patreon. Also, great ways to support us. Um, we are also on Instagram at the strict.land. Another great way to get your Knicks Strickland fix on social media if you're not following us on Twitter. Um, so definitely check all those things out. <clears throat> um, everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend as we have no Knicks basketball until Monday. Um, and yeah, like Zach says here, get your merch. Um, so yeah, peace out. Have a good night, everyone. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly 
Eye on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.